you know that 85% of your engine wear occurs at startup? Yes, that is correct. And this is where lower the friction comes in by putting a protective lubricating barrier on all moving parts. This now gives you full-time protection to make your engine last longer, run smoother, give you better performance, and improve fuel economy. People across the country are reporting some very exciting results. Go to LowerTheFriction.com, place your order, and enter in promo code SOS to get 5% off of your order. That's LowerTheFriction.com. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Secrets of Saturn weekly live stream. I'm Jason Lindgren, your host. And this week, we're going to be talking about the dystopian science fiction reality. Meaning, are we in one right now? And uh, unfortunately, it does look kind of that way. Oh, dear. Mark's box got super big. Let me fix that. <laughs> it always happens. Something always Technical problems. Right now. No, it's no, funny. I had the whole thing perfect. Setting. What's that? I, I fixed it on my side. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me just shrink that so back So you down. can take it back to whatever you had It before. looked great in Skype. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's all right. I can After fix Jason that. had already fixed it for the, the broadcast. That's No nice. worries. I'm sure everybody's laughing at us. But all right. I just bopped you back down there. That looks good. All right. Anyway, so uh, brought someone new on this week. I thought I'd uh, mix things up. I love getting different folks' opinions and thoughts and all that. So uh, joining Wayne and the Great Baldini myself is Mark Sargent this week. Uh, he's very well-versed in all sorts of things. Uh, I know he's very well-known as a Flat Earth Fellow, but he's actually well-versed in tons of stuff. And uh, our mutual friend David Weiss suggested that he would be good to chime in on this topic. So, Mark, welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and Wayne and Baldini, everybody here? We are here. All right. And I'm just going to fix do. 
fix one more thing on our image here so I don't have to think about it for the next two hours. Wouldn't want to make you think any extra. Boom. Okay. <laughs> that looks good. I'll leave that alone now. All right. So, as I said, we're going to talk about the dystopian science fiction reality. If anyone doesn't know what that is, I made a few points here to go over for everyone just to uh, to understand. The movie that always comes to mind for me, by the way, when I think of dystopian is Blade Runner, but there's tons of mm. movies and books and all that sort of thing that uh, that deal with all that. By the way, lots and lots, lots of and lots of them. It's a very popular topic, as you're going to see when I go through some of these points. And most of this I pulled from a, uh, a master class webpage on dystopia just because I thought they did a very good job of writing it up so that's what I'm using as the majority of our background here but uh, by the way is our sound good uh, chat room make sure that we are loud and clear everything looks good on my end by the way I think I fixed that annoying bandwidth issue uh, in my new house if anyone isn't aware I was having tons of dropouts and things like that and I got one of those power ethernet things uh, to run directly off my cable modem and I've had really good bandwidth since then so hopefully that fixes everything I don't have weirdo dropouts but anyway a dystopia I'm a weirdo dropout what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> hey are we all I mean look at my long hair man come on hey you're the gravy Jesus man I am the gravy Jesus a dystopia is a community or society that is undesirable or frightening. It is an antonym of utopia, a term that was coined by Sir Thomas More and figures as the title of his best-known work, published in 1516, which created a blueprint for an ideal society with minimal crime, violence, and poverty, which is definitely not what we have today, folks. Dystopias are often characterized by dehumanization, tyrannical governments, environmental disaster, or other characteristics associated with a cataclysmic decline in society. Dystopian societies appear in many fictional works and artistic representations, particularly in stories set in the future. Some of the most famous examples are Aldous Huxley's Brave New World from 1932, George Orwell's 1984 from 1949, and Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451 from 1953. Dystopian societies appear in many subgenres of fiction and are often used to draw attention to society, environment, politics, economics, religion, psychology, ethics, science, and or technology. Some authors use the term to refer to existing societies, many of which are or have been totalitarian states or societies in an advanced state of collapse. Dystopian fiction offers a vision of the future. Dystopias are societies in cataclysmic decline, with characters who battle environmental ruin, technological control, and government oppression. Dystopian novels can challenge readers to think differently about current social and political climates, and in some instances can even inspire action. So, I know that was a bit wordy, but I think that's a really good way to introduce this topic. What does everyone think about where we're at now compared to even six months ago? I, it almost seems like we're, we're in a stupid novel of insanity. Well, we've gone from 1984 to 1989. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, they jumped ahead a few years, years didn't they? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, Mark, we usually just pass the baton back and forth, so feel free to chime in whenever you'd like. Uh, I try my best oh. to moderate everything, but everyone is welcome to speak their mind. Uh, yeah, I happen to be a huge fan of dystopian everything because I think it's fascinating to look at looking at alternate futures and, and time travel and where society could go and where it couldn't. And I was always interested because, you know, a dystopia is basically the opposite of utopia. 
utopias where the general public is pretty much everyone's in a state of bliss, but there's no elite really overseeing things. And dystopia is where the general public is not very happy at all, but the elite are. <laughs> and yeah, that's where we're, you are seeing the, uh, the making of it right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually happening. I, I never really honestly thought that I would, I would witness this. And we're we're in the throes of it right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Absolutely. you're that much older than me, Mark. And I think we're all within a few years age of each other. And who who yeah. knew, uh, growing up in the 1980s, watching Star Trek and all these movies and all that stuff, that in our adult lives, <laughs> holy shit, you know, to be blunt about it, it, it would come to fruition, right? Yeah, and they yeah, did it super quick. Now I think it was <clears throat> being planned for a long time, but man, they flipped yes. that switch and like we're going for it. We're going to see how much these idiots will put up with. That's what it seems like they're doing. What's, yeah, what's yeah, kind of remarkable sure is that they, they seem to have outlined in so many of these movies. And I mean, I, I researched probably six dozen of them over the last 72 hours. Um, but in every one, they seem to have included some aspect. And I was going to say, little did we know that they would put all of them together. <laughs> right? And yeah. so it's like the worst part of all of them. Uh, and that's, that's the <laughs> pretty unsettling part. It's not just one it of is. them. It's all of them. It's everything from, uh, you know, H.G. Wells' Time Machine to Tank Girl. <laughs> and, um, yeah. There's but what's, the cinema masterpiece. <laughs> there, right? um, I'm telling you. But what's, uh, Honestly, what's though, remarkable. The only, thing that's missing, the only thing that's missing right now in the current day from this dystopian fiction is the fiction end of it. So, I right. mean, that's where True. we're at now. Right? But, but what's remarkable, I think, about um, all, most all of these movies is uh, what what I think everybody found to be the fictional aspect is uh, how much of them were uh, ruled over by corporations rather than right. governments. Uh, many of them were governments, but many of them had um, corporations, right? Even uh, Idiocracy uh, had that yeah. uh, aspect to it. Even Wally. Right, had uh, corporations being kind of in control, and um, you know, kind of a com combination of oligarchy and technocracy. And yet here we are, right? I mean, if you if you look closely and put on your you know they live glasses, uh, mm -hmm. what what you'll see is uh, you know that's exactly what we have. That uh, you know politics generally is really just uh, WWE wrestling with different suits on, uh, and they you know they serve the masters uh, of the uh, corporation who then serve other people who then serve other people. Of course, higher up the pyramid, uh, but ultimately, yeah, we we have all the worst parts uh, of all these dystopian futures together at once yeah yeah agreed the uh, it, it's there's so many different references I could bring up uh, Kang and Kodos from the Simpsons you know where we're both both didn't matter who you voted for they were both aliens <laughs> uh, de demolition man <laughs> where the corporate wars you know Taco right, Bell yeah won exactly all, yeah although if you were an international viewer of that movie Pizza Hut won Really? Which everyone thought it was interesting. A they did yeah, a different edit for it. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I didn't know that one. And then you get to uh, you get to even you know more far out things there. You know, again, you mentioned no matter who you vote for, it's a it's an alien. You get to the more far out stuff like uh, Iron Skies, uh, oh, and, yeah. and still there's you know truth drops all through that. If you you know again they, they present it as farcical, uh, but 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 there's so much you know as RV likes to say, uh, truth in the movies lies in the news, uh, and they do <laughs> uh, so much to make it seem you know so preposterous that it couldn't possibly be, but yet there it is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the um, it, you're what you opened with the the opening question. You know, do you think that we're in a in a dystopian scenario happening right now? How could you not? 
uh, everything that that is being put out. The the thing that struck me over the last three, four months is, and this is straight out of 1984, which I'm sure you'll bring up once or twice during this, which which is that we've gotten to the stage where the media has been so honed, the edge of the media is, is so honed to a razor's edge that people, if it's on television, most of the population is going to believe it. Yeah. No matter what you say and no matter what direction you turn it in. That's that's the part that's blown me away. You know, everything from, uh, you know, the first, what, several months where they say, oh, yeah, by the way, do not wear masks. Don't even buy masks. <laughs> and then all of a sudden turn that and say, no, 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 everyone's got to wear masks. With And I even joked about it about a month ago. I said, you know, they could come out on a Friday and say, start starting Monday, everyone would have to wear blue polka dot masks <laughs> without any backing whatsoever. And you, I guarantee you on Monday, you would see a whole bunch of people wearing blue polka dot masks. Yeah, if they, mandated, because, if, if they mandated that you had to crawl on the ground because the virus w- would stay, you know, above two <laughs> feet, people would do it. They, yeah. they would absolutely do it. Yeah, and it's, again, blame, we, it's something I've always complained about America, which is we, we, we tend to take things too far. And the media is so good at what they do now. You know, they, they know exactly what buttons to push that uh, they can push us. Right now, they can push us about any narrative they want. Yeah. And it's working. It's working really, really well. And I'm sorry, one more thing, which was you also, you, some secondary effects like peer pressure. People don't want to be singled out. They don't want to be apart from the crowd. Everyone wants to be individuals. But everyone also wants to be part of the herd, kind of. You know, no one wants to be. It's like, oh, look at that funny guy over there. He sticks out like a sore thumb. So once you got like 70% people wearing masks, it went to 90%. Almost immediately. It's like, you know what? I'll get hassled less if I just wear one. So I'll wear one. Not me. But most of the people I saw. It was staggering. Right. No, that's definitely part of it. It Well, uh, Baldini, maybe this is a good time to bring up what you always say, and that's the 80-20 rule. Yeah, it's um, it's the you know standard Pareto dis- distribution of eighty twenty, and uh, was, you know I, I mentioned uh, here in Seattle certainly uh, saw that uh, they had you know gone up to about eighty percent as of about two weeks ago, and certainly yep. a lot of you know mask holes, uh, you know pressuring people to to wear one, uh, and then uh, within you know I'd say the last two weeks that it started dropping off pretty rapidly. They were opening up uh, phase two in uh, most of the areas, uh, Greater Seattle, uh, and then of course they come back, and as we knew they would and said, oh, no, sorry, that's coming back. And uh, the, the the governor issued a proclamation, uh, mandated uh, mask wearing with a fine of up to $1,200. Um, and <clears throat> again, I'm still looking for um, someone to uh, find me uh, an attorney or, or a uh, legal counsel uh, to take it on because he doesn't have the uh, legal authority to do that. You cannot just make a proclamation. Right. Uh, but the, the you know, um, governor, or rather the mayor uh, of uh, Seattle, uh, Durkin, uh, did the same thing with taking over the chop or the chaz uh today uh, they went in this morning based uh, entirely on an executive order and these things really don't have any legal backing or authority but as soon as they uh, issued uh, that statewide mandate for masks it went immediately up to about 90 uh, percent yeah. and for the most part i've been fairly successful just telling people that i had a medical exemption and didn't have any problem uh for the most part um nobody really challenged it uh today i did go into a, a starbucks to pick up an order 
<clears throat> Sorry, I supported the beast. It was just convenient. But uh, well, I, I walked in. Gotta have oh, some coffee, so it's understandable. Yeah, it's it forgivable. Is, it is, it is <laughs> methamphetamines, man. I, I live on that stuff. Um, <laughs> Christian crank, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I walked in, and kind of two things happened. And one was a, a guy walked in, and, you know, it's just uh, they, they all know me, you know, there. And I walk in, they're like, Bull Duty, you know, it's kind of like cheers. Uh, and, you know, they have, they have my coffee ready. And this guy walks in, you know, and he's all strutting in there, and he looks me up and down, and he's like, like, wow, and you know he's trying to make a big deal, and <clears throat> yeah, I look over him. I was like, you know what? Nobody gives a fuck what you think. <laughs> and oh, he just went, say, "Wow," because you weren't wearing a mask. Yeah, because I wasn't wearing a mask. He was trying to, you know, mock me, and he's like, "Wow," and you know, trying to just be a little douchebag. And I was like, dude, no, nobody really cares. Nobody really cares what you think. And it shut him up pretty quick. And then a, a cop came in, uh, and he had on. Um, uh, he was a supervisor of some kind. He was not. A, he was not an unmarked car. He was not in a, a patrol car. He was just in his personal car. Uh, and he started walking in, and he didn't have a mask on. And I was like, okay, that's, uh, you know, I'll give him props for that. And as soon as he walks in, he puts on his black, you know, mask, and he starts <laughs> eyeing me. And I, I was expecting that he was going to try to write me up. He did not say a word. Um, you know, I mean, I I, <clears throat> I do take up space. <laughs> <laughs> you are not my, a small fellow. Me, I, I read. <laughs> Yeah, my wife tells me I read like a cop, and I'm like, no, that's the farthest. But, but you know, I, I guess I can be um, fairly intimidating. But anyway, uh, he did not say a word, uh, but the mask hole did. Uh, but he wasn't going to get anywhere um, very quickly. Um, the other day I had gone to, you know, Costco, and they had, had since this began, they had a policy, a big sign says you must have a mask for entrance and blah, blah, blah. There's a little right. tiny at the bottom saying that, you know, if you have a medical exemption. And I just told him I had a medical exemption. It was no problem. Uh, and last week a guy went behind he said you can do that and he, and he started talking to the person at the door and then he came running up to me i thought he was going to give me a hassle and he's like how do i get one <laughs> i was like well, yeah okay it's not that difficult right uh and uh even the the uh, checkout gal at the costco was like hey can i get one of those too <laughs> so for the most part it hasn't been much of a trouble uh but again since they mandated it uh, it's supposed to have taken effect last friday and uh, you know since monday of this week pretty much everyone uh, has had masks on, but I have noticed fewer people walking down the street with them. Uh, people yeah. are carrying them in their pockets and just using them to go into buildings. Uh, but there has been, as you said, there's a lot of, um, you know, mask holes. People are trying to shame other people. Um, and, you know, I just don't, it's none of your business. And, uh, you know, uh, a couple of people I said, didn't, didn't your parents ever teach you to mind your own business? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not mean to them, right? But I'm certainly, I, I don't, uh, I don't kowtow to them at all. But uh, it has gone, uh, jumped back up to about 90%. So more than more than there was on their own. People are fearful of getting it, getting that ticket. Yeah. It, what f from what I've seen, it's really right now. Currently, it's going to change. Of course, currently it's more of an inconvenience. People are wearing them, but only because they're they have to in certain situations. You know, they'll take them off when they're going to the beach, or you know, I love that when they go to bars, which is why they keep shutting down the bars. People don't <laughs> care once you get a few drinks in them. It's like social distancing. Screw that. <laughs> you know, we're not going to do any of that. But they're but they're treating it again like it's it's just an inconvenience because they're not scared enough. That you know, it's it's the numbers. It, it's a joke I've been telling people recently. It's like you know, where's the virus? There, where's the virus? I go, I know where the virus is. It's on television. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah, only exactly. place you see it. If you if you didn't have a television, you would be You'd walking around the, the. I'm sorry, what? I just say you'd never know. Man. No, no, you would you would never know. And in fact, I made a, a video oof, three or four weeks ago called um, uh, "No Tears for the Shadow Puppets," which I said, look. 
I go, I, I, I call it my um, no zombie scenario, which is, okay, you know, let's say CNN all of a sudden came out tomorrow and said, oh, there's zombies, there's zombies, here's zombies, there, be scared, be really, really, there's zombies are freaking everywhere, be afraid, which is what they're really good at right now is saying, be afraid. Well, the problem is you can only say that so long before eventually you have to see zombies. So if in a small town in Wyoming, he's like, hey, Fred, you see any zombies? No, Tom, haven't seen a single one. Eventually, that fear is going to go away because no one's going to see any zombies, and you know where I'm going with this. And well, that the is village. You, yeah, you can you can make the death toll anything you want, but until what I the in fact a guy named uh, Richie from Boston, he was the, the mm. one that put, put, probably put the best. Yep. He's going break out your phone and look at your contact list. Is anyone on your contact list? Did you have to erase them because they died from the virus? Huh. No, good, good way to put no. it, man. I like that. And and it's like, well, the thing is. <laughs> How many people do you have to talk to with their contact list completely intact before you realize, wait a minute, who the heck's dying from this? And from what we can tell, it's all, you know, uh, secondary symptoms. You know, they, they went in with lung cancer. They went in with heart disease. They right. went in with three gunshot wounds, whatever right. it was. And then they keep toe-tagging them for the virus. And so there's no, there's no shock and awe. And the what he was saying was, and I'll, I'll end this real quick, what he was saying that, if this was an actual pandemic, you would know people that were struck down by it. You know, your your second cousin, the guy at the gas station, uh, your dental hygienist, you would know somebody, you, you know, because initially the mortality rate was set at 1%. No, well, and remember, remember the images they had showed us initially from China, people um, flopping around doing the tuna they on were the street. Scary. Uh, yeah. it, it, right? And they, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so you're supposed to be bleeding from your eyeballs and from your rectum and, um, you know, just everything going crazy. And right. it's just, it you know, obviously hasn't been that way, in fact, uh, from what we're hearing from nurses. Uh, and again, who knows how much of this is genuine? Some of them seem very suspect um, right. in, ter in terms of, like, you know, propaganda and disinformation. Uh, but, um, you know, several of them saying that, you know, the, the process is uh, somebody goes in and they're either elderly or they're, um, you know, a minority of some kind. Or they don't have families. They don't have people there to you know, to back them up uh, and right. they'll come in for some other symptom. And then what they do is they'll test them for COVID and then they say, oh, you have it. Uh, and then they have to intubate them, which is uncomfortable. So they put them in basically a medically induced coma. And then, right. you know, because it, there's a financial incentive to do so. So 13,000, and again, they acknowledge this, um, 13,000 for a diagnosis. And then they give them another 35,000 to put them on a ventilator. Well, that's 50,000 yeah. right there. As soon as they put them on a ventilator, then they keep them in a medically induced coma. And after about 30 days, they die. Well, then they get another 48,000. So now we're 98,000 bucks a hundred thousand dollars to medically murder people oh, yeah. um, and some nurses are, are speaking out so uh, they never really had it to begin with um, but you know they, they tag them again with this and I, I have yeah. seen far more people on social media saying that they had a loved one um, and again mostly elderly people or somebody who had a pre-existing condition cancer or whatever um, pass away and they did not have COVID would not had not even tested for it and yeah. uh, they put it on the, the death certificate so I've seen far more of those than maybe three or four people out of the thousands that I see on social media who said that they actually had someone um, who, who you know again they said died of it but they were probably just told that right and right. Uh, in this um in this society of um, the celebration of victimhood, uh, everybody loves the attention of it, right? So right. Um, these people are exactly the ones that I would, uh, they virtue signal everything. So these are exactly the people that I would suspect, um, whether they did or not, they would be the first person to say they did. So they'd get this outpouring of, you know, support. Oh, of course. Um, 
Because, that's, I mean, that's our society right now, right? The, yeah. um, victimhood. And, in fact, nearly every case, and I can usually pick pick them out, almost every single one of these uh, people who say that they are uh, being oppressed in some way, like the juicy, smelly, <clears throat> right? It, they did it to themselves, almost every single one, right? Yeah. Because we, we glorify victimhood. So, um, again, many more people saying uh, that they were very uh, upset and irritated, uh, that they were listed as, as having passed away from the beer plague uh, when they did not, right? It's only yeah. a couple, three, four reports that I've seen of many thousands uh, of people that uh, say that they had it. And again, I, I even suspect those. So, again, with the numbers, you know, you, you don't have to be a mathematician to do it. No, and and yet CNN this morning, their uh, one of their lead stories was they showed this attractive blonde girl said she was 23 and you know, was very cautious. She went outside once and she got it. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Okay, first she's in the you know the lowest risk group. Even if you believe any you know any of this stuff, you know nobody under the age of 30 is going down from from right. this. In fact, the, the media again we're we're so back and forth on this. Even if you believe the death count, they even admit it's like, oh yeah, half the deaths were in assisted living homes. It's like, okay, well that that kind of sticks out. <laughs> um, and then the recent spikes in cases, you know, what you've seen recently, and you know, you knew it was coming, right? You know, yep. Arizona opens up, nope, they're closed. Texas closed, Florida closed, California today closed. Yeah, because they re- they increased the number of testing by an order of magnitude. Of course, you're going to yeah. get more results. Well, oh, that yeah. and they oh, have oh, the oh, bullshit just... excuse of the of all the protests that just happened. So I saw that one yeah. coming a mile oh, away. Don't don't get me started on that. Well, yeah. yeah, if you're protesting the virus, no, 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 you're killing grandma. But if you go out in 20,000 of you and hacking up a lung because you got tear gassed all over <laughs> each other, you know, they're sharing that's a, that's okay. all sorts of bodily fluids, you're fine. Right. But don't ask if you were don't ask if you were at um, you know uh, a BLM uh, protest. Uh, but make sure to ask uh, if you were at uh, you know <clears throat> a, a, a rights protest, right? So uh, the, the the virus knows the difference uh, between a Walmart and a mom and pop. You know, and again, it's uh, it's remarkable uh, how you know the the uh, as soon as this started, I know I noted right away uh, that small businesses, locally owned, were struggling, and at the very beginning, large businesses uh, claimed that they were hiring. So lots of fast food, lots of um, right. corporately owned uh, grocery stores immediately said that they were hiring a bunch of people, uh, and so <laughs> it becomes pretty clear. And of course, again, they're not even shy about admitting it. There's a dozen or more Forbes articles uh, talking. About how much money uh, the big shot billionaires have made uh, throughout this, and and you know again to show uh, prior knowledge, uh, so many of them, including uh, Jeff Bozo, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, sold a bunch of stock right beforehand, including uh, two senators and a bunch of Congress people, and again, uh, not a single. Uh, real investigation into any of that. And when that's the uh, absolute, you know, textbook de- definition of insider trading, uh, that the FEC should have been all over. Uh, but again, the fact that they're not, it should demonstrate to you prior knowledge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in fact, I just got a report um, last week uh, from somebody whose sister does medical coding. Uh, and she looked into it and discovered that the medical coding for COVID-19 uh, was uh, put out in October of 2019, right. immediately following the event 201. Right. Big surprise. I know. Well, and, you know, we've dealt with this in the past, but nothing ever happened. We went through H1N1, West Nile, Ebola. We've gone through these things and nobody cared. Nobody shut down anything. It's like, well, you might get sick, get some vitamin C. (laughs) Nobody cared. 
But this one, all of a sudden, as you know, I mean, people just went ape. But right off the bat, uh, there was a um a friend of the family, a nurse, because they were you know seeing tests come back positive, you know, from the hospital. Just for the heck of it, they sent in blank swabs, swabs that touched nothing, and they mm-hmm. all came back positive. You know, all they did was make up names. And well, like the like the the one in uh, Africa where they sent in, uh, they gave names to a a pawpaw. Uh, and oh, a goat, right. <laughs> and they gave him human names, and they came back positive, you know. And then, uh, you know, strangely, a couple months later, uh, guy dies of a heart attack. So, uh, right. and he, you know, he kicked the WHO out again. Yeah, you know, hey, could be, could be a coincidence. Could, could yeah. be if you're a coincidence and, theorist. It, it and and the WHO. Speaking of them, you know, they come out and made that statement. Oh boy, about a month ago, where they said, oh yeah, by the way, if you're asymptomatic, you're probably not transmitted to anybody. And immediately the American media just jumped all over this, you know, where they're going, no, 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 WHO's wrong, the CDC, they're right. It's like, what? (laughs) Why why aren't you guys on the same team type of thing to where finally they just stomped down that that headline to, I don't even know if they got a retraction out of them or they got a clarification, but it was amazing. So... Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable. So again, all this to get back to: Are we living in a dystopian future? Well, we're living in a dystopian present. There's no question. Right. Yeah. And well, well I mean, it, it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. <clears throat> oh, I was going to say it won't take much to do it. Uh, you know, I've I've looked at enough plans over the years. If you wanted to go full out and and do turn this into something dystopian. It wouldn't take much to do. I mean, I've talked to a, a number of people that said, you know, the, the, the virus right now, it's just a dry run to see who's compliant and who's not. Absolutely. And, and how easy it was. Well, I shouldn't say easy, but you only need to hit strategic people to do it, meaning you needed the health, the health officials on board with it. And then they give orders to the states and then the states look to their legal teams. That's what it really comes down to, to see if they're mm-hmm. legally exposed if they don't follow the mandates or guidelines or whatever you want to follow. Uh, like, I was really stunned how fast, like, the National Basketball Association just shut down. I mean, immediately. Yeah. They're like, we close. It's like, why? Well, <laughs> legally, <laughs> they were, the, you know, you go to your corporate lawyers and you say, okay, if somebody goes to one of our games, can they come back at us later and say that they caught the virus and can they pin it on us? Yeah, they can you know, or or you know, or at the very least, we're going to be tied up in court for a while on this. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be a, a slam dunk. Pardon the the pun there. <laughs> and they and that they immediately shut down. And everybody else, every corporate lawyer would say the same thing. They say, "Yeah, you're legally exposed." And that's how easy it was. It only need you only needed really three groups of people to do it. But what worries me is not not the virus. The the virus is like it, it's going to come and go. It's it's the vaccine thing, because when we get to that vaccine, and I'd, I'd love to hear you guys' opinion on this, what I see happening is, you know, people, as you know, the, the, the far right and the alt-right or whatever, they're, they're saying, well, you know, from my cold, dead hands, you know, the whole vaccine thing. <laughs> You're not jabbing a needle in my arm, which is fine. We'll see. <laughs> But they don't have to. They they, they don't have to because they're, all they're going to do is they're going to follow the virus protocol, which is they're going to say, what am I here? Somebody's got audio issues. I'm still here, I think. Oh. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I think we're having a little bit of sound issues. We are having technical difficulties. Please stand by. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so the, the the point is, is when it comes to um, vaccine protocol, they're just going to follow the virus protocol, which is they don't have they're not going to force you into anything. All they're going to do is say they're going to do the legal department thing, and then all of a sudden your HR department is going to say, "Sorry, you can't work." Baldini, mute up. You're breaking up a little bit. I think that's you because I hear your gain jumping up. Who me? No, no, Baldini. Okay. Yeah, it sound. I thought it sounded like his mic was super hot for a second when he spoke, so it might might be his gain okay. is jumping for some reason. Well, hey. we'll have him. Baldini, say something. Well, now I've unmuted. Yeah, it's definitely him. Yeah, it's you. Yep. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, you're, I you're like on eleven. <laughs> wow. I didn't even touch anything. I just uh, I had muted it. Uh, okay. Uh, that, if it continues, I'll I'll keep pulling it back a little bit, and then you you let me know. It, okay. it didn't change to me, but it's a digital thing, and it did mess up this week. So we'll see mm -hmm. what happens. Okay, go ahead and continue. Sorry, sorry, Mark. Go ahead. No worries. No worries. <laughs> so so anyway, sorry. Vaccine protocol is going to be that all they have to do is treat the same as virus protocol, which means all you have to do is throw out something. It may all you have to do is make the lawyers nervous corporate lawyers nervous and all of a sudden you've got it's not going to take much the first hr department say yeah you can't work you can't work at the office unless you have the vaccine or you can't do this unless you have the vaccine and it's going to it'll be a slippery slope to be you know sorry public gatherings oh yeah you can totally get it but you gotta have the vaccine yeah uh you know it's it'll be an exclusion thing and people because of the convenience of it they'll line up they absolutely will line up. It'll be tougher than the mask thing, and there'll be groups that'll fight it. You know, there'll be some legal issues here and there, but they will always give them an option, which is they will say, okay, you know, you'll, you can still work for a company, but you got to work from home. You can still do this, but you can't do this. And to where they're, they're not going to be firing people or completely excluding you, but they're going to restrict it to such a degree to where people will absolutely, I mean, they will line up for this. I, I have no doubt. So sorry, I'd love I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, the, uh, the okay, uh, is this better? You sound okay. Yeah, yeah. you're good. Now the vaccine okay. thing is what I've been warning about for for ages. Like the, you know that that's going to be the next thing coming, and they're going to come out with some miracle cure and all that kind of thing. <laughs> and everyone's going to lie. It's like the flu shots, man. We, we everybody knows who who even slightly looks into it that the flu shots are one dangerous and two only target a very small percentage if it even does anything at all and as wayne mccroy right. can tell you about a lot of vaccines uh they're very dangerous indeed wayne i know you've been quiet so maybe you should chime in a little in, bit there in in the chat okay. room by the way uh eric says so mark will you take the vaccine no no i won't <laughs> i'm pretty sure uh, that all no, of us here but, will not be taking vaccines uh, yeah. well but but mine I'm are for pretty different. sure I'll say a big no for that too. <laughs> uh, mine is mine is for different reasons, and I, I don't know you guys very well, so I can't say. I mean, but but you got to remember, there's a huge section of Christians who basically can't, <laughs> or or you know won't. But it's going right. to be tougher for them because, as you know, church services have been discontinued for months now. Yep. So the the big rallies at the at the con in the congregation in the pews aren't going to be there, uh, but no, I wouldn't take it anyway. Even if even if I didn't go to church, I I'm just completely gun shy of this whole thing. I mean, you you guys have seen all the the articles out there. It's like, okay, how exactly do you depopulate the world? Well, <laughs> right, you know, 
it's it's way easier to make make it voluntary or you know uh, another dystopian movie uh, do the whole children of men thing mm-hmm. where all of a sudden a vaccine or whatever they were working on in, in children of men makes everybody sterile and that that would do it in one generation you've you've reduced the population by a huge amount right so, no this, well, this is all back to the having thing. to kill anybody actually, right yeah. What? Actually, they've already been doing that, Mark. Uh, you could actually find a study called uh, um, Fertility Regulating Vaccines, and it was uh, put together by the, uh, I believe it was the World Bank uh, yeah. back in 1993. Uh, I have that document in my library here somewhere. But, uh, yeah, they've been working on this, especially in third world nations. They put uh, uh, things in these vaccines on purpose oh, to cause course. infertility. So like this has been going on for a long time now with that stuff. So yeah, I I did a rant I did a rant on the MMR uh, a little while back. You know that's just probably the most popular example out there. And I I I, I would love to get Sanjay Gupta from CNN in a room <laughs> because you know he's saying you can't tie MMR to you know to autism. You can't. Uh, yeah. You know the autism rate for those of you in the chat room who don't know has gone from one in ten thousand to less than one in forty, maybe even one in thirty something now. And you know the the mainstream media because big pharma has been pushing and it's just like, well, you can't make the connection. You can't make the connection. It's like, well, what are you talking about? It, it's 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 everywhere. If it's not food or water or air, and all those things are regional, it has to be something basically universal. And it tends to be every, the the most likely suspect, to use a criminal term, tends to be uh, the MMR. So what? What? And and of course, if you send so you know send somebody into the autistic spectrum, there's a high degree of probability they're not going to reproduce. So that would you know, and how many variations of that are there out there that we don't know of that aren't high profile? Yeah, exactly. By the way, uh, Rose- oh, there's an absolute ton. Yeah, uh, Rose is reminding me to bring up uh, one of our uh, two-time guests now on Crow Triple Seven Radio, uh, Lena Poo and Lena's FabulousFrequencies.com. She has been working on an NOL uh, for for vaccines, so folks can go there, and she's got uh, a lot of really good information. Of course, it's on uh, all the stuff on five G, like all that stuff. But she's working on uh, actual documents that you can use to present. And be like, no, and here's why. Yeah. Oh, you mean for the vac? You know, if they when they roll this thing out. Right. Well, she's also doing it for for five G rollout. Like she's she's really good, very smart lady. I re- we really like her. We've had her on twice now, and uh, she's she's pushing back. She goes to kind of like uh, a couple other folks out there. They go to town hall meetings and they, and they're protesting to stop all these installations and all that. I mean, they're still going in, and I think that's part of what was going on with this whole lockdown thing. Because uh, as Rose and I have found out. When they started really locking things down after March and into April, we saw a whole bunch of new little things all over the place on uh, like little antennas and things on uh, street street lights. And uh, they have like multiple antenna arrays on them and all this kind of stuff. And the, those came up real quick and they're all over the little town of Covington that we live in on the north shore of uh, New Orleans. Yeah. And I know other people uh, you, were, were saying that as well. Do you guys think there's? Do you guys think there's a connection? I mean, I've read a lot of stuff. I don't know, maybe between you know, you know, like a two-part epoxy between the vaccine and and five G. Did you guys buy into that? I wouldn't be surprised if there was. Possibly, possibly. I mean, five uh, G certainly. Um, when you you know get into um, wave uh, distribution and uh, wave mechanics, 
uh, it's absolutely uh, comes from exactly the spectra of being weaponized. There's no question about it. Um, the fact that it can carry information is actually like a tertiary effect of it. Right? It's down the list. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, I could do that, too. Uh, but it can be used for in a variety of different ways uh, for uh, surveillance as well as, um, you know, basically directly microwaving people. And especially if they've got uh, aluminum that's crossed the uh, uh, nanopart, you know, it's nanoparticulate aluminum uh, that crosses the blood brain barrier. And basically, you you know, uh, think about sticking aluminum foil in the microwave. That's <laughs> that's what would happen. I wanted to kind of get back to uh, what Mark said earlier uh, about <clears throat> they don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be the fear of the bug that gets you. It's the vaccine. And I, I'm ex exactly down with that. And, and they make it just very inconvenient. They don't have to force you. Uh, they're always looking for consent. And we certainly see this again with the, with the mask. People had uh, kind of dispensed with it again about uh, they'd gone down to just over 50 percent here in Seattle until they mandated it. Uh, and then... Uh, went right up to 90%. And many people, you know, have to have to wear it or they uh, can't go into certain buildings or they can't go to work. Uh, and most people will um, comply simply to make their life easier. And, right. and I've been watching very closely. And I, I think what, um, again, I'm, I'm not big on prognostication, but uh, to me, the most plausible scenario to get Agenda 21 and the, um, quote, you know, sustainable future and the rewilding of these uh, large, uh, r you know, uh, rural areas, getting yeah. people into the cities is to uh, make good on what they've been practicing for all this time, which is the Dark Skies events and shutting down the power grid. And they've been putting out a lot of news, um, you know, that uh, we're at a solar minimum and there's going to be, uh, you know, solar flares could take it out or, or they've been preparing for an EMP attack uh, from China or Russia or whomever. <clears throat> could even be, you know, a, a domestic, quote, terror group, you know, probably truthers. <clears throat> because, you know, I've been waiting for that one as well. <laughs> but if they'd shut off the power for <clears throat> even a weekend, right, but especially a couple of weeks, um, you know, people would stand in line just to get, uh, you know, just to get 10 minutes of Wi-Fi access. And so yeah. um, if they say, you know, we can only provide services in these uh, specific major areas, these urban areas, you must come in. And, and by the way, you have to have a uh, vaccine to, to do it because, you know, all these people together, um, everybody's going to line up for it. Right. And then, yeah. oh, by the way, uh, it's off. These other places are off limits by, um, you, you know, uh, for, you know, quote, martial law or, you know, under penalty of death, you can't be there. Uh, yeah. So and then everybody inside, it's going to be again i referenced the village earlier uh because again mark mentioned you got to have a boogeyman right so yeah um, again yep. here's the dystopian movie future right but and that was they kind of threw it back to the past but this idea that they had a, you know a fake boogeyman so that everybody inside would would be afraid to go outside and you see this exact thing for example in divergent the movie series uh where they're told that uh, you know scary things on the outside the walls there to keep you safe not to keep you in <laughs> uh and oh but you know uh, but we'll shoot you if you try to get out there because you know we, we gotta right. do that gotta so, keep you safe um all they gotta do all they gotta do is set that up and guaranteed within you know two generations everybody inside would believe whatever narrative they told them oh uh, so yeah. What you're saying, the the village is one of my favorites. I in fact I referenced it in my original video series, Flat Earth Clues, because it it goes to show you people believe the world that is presented to, to them, especially right, exactly. children. Oh yeah. Which was again, uh, if you guys haven't seen M Night Shyamalan's The Village, it is brilliant. I mean, in in some aspects, other people is like, well, it wasn't as good as those other stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but what it did was, I mean, you you put. I mean, it's literally rich people who wanted to create their own utopia, form of utopia. They buy a land, you know, a track of land and a wildlife preserve, and then they bring in kids that are too young to know anything, and they tell them that it's the 1800s. They might as well it might as well be an Amish community. And what it was fascinating to me was is that, and then they tell them there's monsters outside in the woods, so you can't go very far. 
but what was interesting to me was when those when those parents die, there is no more lies. Everyone at that point it becomes reality, because there's no who who's lying. There's there's nobody you know, exception for the people that may or may not be portraying the monsters. The the you know you could give the kids lie detector tests and it's like oh yeah I live in the 1800s in the middle of these woods in Pennsylvania, and and they'd absolutely buy it. And uh, this is exactly what happens in academia today. That they have been uh, told lies and they grew up on it and they got their degree in it and they have no reason to think anything else. That's why why would they lie when you tell them about you know the shape of the earth or the lost history or any of this stuff? Or all all these people would have to be in on it. No, they don't. They just get taught and they repeat and you know they're, they're uh, the entire education slash indoctrination system is a, a you know a lesson in Dunning Kruger right? They just uh, yeah. learn how to repeat what they tell you and if you ask any questions outside of that you're an idiot <laughs> right so you're discouraged from asking questions and all you got to do is repeat what they say and you're smart and you get your you get your sticker uh, right. and don't ask any questions so uh, again who's lying right that they're they're all telling what they believe is the truth yeah to 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 go back to your how how desperate people will turn to just about anything you're absolutely right i mean standard dystopian again if you want to build a dystopian future the first thing you do is you make the, the population desperate. That's what you do. You you get them to the point to where they're really, really hungry and they're really, really worried about about their future and then you give them an out. And what what are we seeing here? I mean, unemployment has gone through the... I mean, they, they can't even give us the, the true numbers of unemployment. It's right. staggering. Yeah. Um, have people well, go you know what's up with that, Mark? Or, what's what? interesting about that is back in the Depression era, it was very obvious when things were completely fucked, to be blunt about it, because you'd see people oh, yeah. in bread lines going around the corner and shit like that. N- not yeah, today. Yeah, there are no bread lines now. No, there aren't bread lines. And why is that, ladies and gentlemen? Because you they just give you a card with some money on it. Go to Walmart and buy garbage, processed garbage. But anyway, carry on. Well, oh, no, no, more, no, no. And even more over than that, right, they give you um, this uh, pandemic unemployment assistance is extra money. <laughs> and uh, here in Seattle, uh, there's been a number of places that tried to open and this, the employees wouldn't come back because they were making more uh, yep. on uh, their employment that combined with pandemic multiple uh, places. stuff. That yeah. They, yeah, they wouldn't come back. Uh, and and, and what, I mean, that's pretty short-sighted because that money's not going to be there forever. But still, when they got the stimulus and they got um, their PUA, plus they got their employment, um, they were making substantially more than they were making by going to work. Yeah, but that, those aren't people way, with was, big big jobs, like six-figure salaries. This is people working dipshit jobs, and they're like, eh, I can sit in my ass and collect for a while longer. I guess I will. I can get another one of those jobs anywhere. That was a big tell for me, by the way, when the government started introducing programs in such a rapid succession that were so beyond generous and there were so many of them in a row i mean as you know it's like getting a freaking root canal trying to trying to get the government to do anything right and yeah. remember how fast it was it's like oh yeah we're yep. just gonna give people twelve hundred dollar checks like that yeah, they oh yeah that in a couple of days the, what they passed it in a couple of days Oh yeah, yeah. And, un- was, uh, and unsolicited was... as well. Like nobody, nobody even asked for it. They sent yeah. my wife a check and said, "Where do you want it? Do you want it? You want it direct deposited?" <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "What?" Exactly. I mean, you know, you you always look for the when people start doing things that are completely outside their routines. You have to look and squint. You know, it's like, wait, what? What the hell? You're not. You know, you've seen it in movies and television. It's like you're not acting even remotely. Who the hell are you? You know, it's like we're going to give business loans in- immediately. Again, nobody's debating it. Republican, Democrat, nobody's even debating it. Um, and then what was the other thing they were doing? Oh yeah, student loans. Oh yeah, push that down the road three months. You don't even have to. But mortgages, push that down. Evictions, no. Um, my God, the the stuff they were doing was just oh taxes, 
taxes. <laughs> it's like not no, not just push it three months, push it six months. Yeah, it's like, what? isn't that crazy? What are you Credit cards are doing you know, it. Just... Um, uh, what do you call it? automobile loans? My my, I took it. Why not? It helped me uh, with my move. I had a little extra yeah. money from uh, not having to pay for a month. That was great. Okay. Yeah, and we were and, in well, transition, that... so I was like, okay, why not? You know. That was one of the the funnier um, uh, things I'd post I'd posted um, on you know Facebook a while back about you know just imagine uh, that uh, you know you're at say uh, right before Y2K and yourself calls from the future right 2020 <laughs> uh, and you go hey what's going on you go, well you know first um, you know California catches on fire. Well, what do you mean? No, Cal- California, right? And then Australia catches on fire. No, what part? No, Australia catches on fire. Uh, on fire. And then uh, some lady shows her shows her boobs on uh, you know TikTok or whatever to to uh, raise money to stop it. What's a TikTok? Well, okay, never mind. Um, and you go through and you tell tell all this story, right? And you're going, what, what? And then finally, it's like, yeah. And then April fifteenth, when the IRS sent me twelve hundred bucks. What? Hello? Hello? <laughs> right? It becomes um, too much to take, right? It's like, okay, it's, it's not believable. Uh, right. and yeah, that was the one that kind of pushed it over the top, right? Which is, um, yeah, the IRS handed out money on April 15th. <laughs> oh, yeah. Again, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as Mark says, it's, it, it is beyond uh, comprehension. Again, but what, what this does all together, right, is it gets uh, the, the two aspects, and here, here are the, well, it's a multi-pronged approach. On the one hand, you get people uh, completely uh, sucking the titty of the government, right? They're dependent on the government. Uh, and especially, again, if you put them in, in a, a situation where they're desperate, they're going to, you know, have to do it. Uh, so you get that going on, and then on the other hand, you, you push them with fear, uh, and now they've been trying to drive um, a wedge between people. They always use the Hegelian dialectic, but now it seems as if they're uh, they're trying to start some sort of, you know, a, a spark for civil war. Uh, it almost seems as though they're surprised that everybody's too cucked out to, you know, even all the Boogaloo boys are going, well, just a little bit longer. One of, you know, one of these days... <laughs> It'll happen. Um, they, they can't even get people uh, to to, <laughs> to fight back. It's it's nuts. Uh, but but you know whenever you've got um, uh, most major corporations like th- you know three hundred uh, different uh, corporations today, um, uh, they boycotted Facebook advertising. And why right, to, right, right. are they are they trying to uh, you know protest the fact that they're uh, censoring people? No, no, they want more censorship, uh, and they they want uh, you know to get rid of what they call hate speech, which is not hate against other people; it's just speech that they hate. <laughs> right? uh, and, and so uh, they want to they want to shut down uh, people. So uh, they're they're using this cancel culture. So if your um, if your revolution is backed by major corporations and all the tech oligarchies uh, censor anybody who talks bad about it, that's not a revolution, right? <laughs> You're being handled. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, there's just no other way around it. Uh, so it's not, um, you know, it's astroturfing. There, there is no um, grassroots support. It's just astroturfing, and people get into it because they want a virtual signal. Let me get uh, this. Because, you know, uh, if, you, if you don't do it. We, uh, but before I lose it, uh, Matthew Ross sent in a super chat and says, in New Zealand, the media are saying, we have to get Kiwi's faith back in vaccines. People want Bill Gates' head, and we have plenty of sheep in New Zealand. So, uh, yeah, um, Bill Gates isn't exactly the most popular guy right now. Which one? Which Mr. Gates? No, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, what, I, what I'd Mr. like to do, uh, since, since we already got through almost an hour already, <clears throat> there are five, said to be five characteristics of a dystopian fiction. What I'd like to do is go through these one at a time. Um, we've done a great job of just chit-chatting back and forth, which is great because we're, we're all obviously knowledgeable enough to do so. But... 
what I'd like to do is just so folks can really see, again, what I always like to point out is the social engineering that's set up. All this crap that's always set up to program people, and a lot of times you just don't even realize it. So what I'd like to do is go through these five points uh, one at a time and show like how we're, how we're here. Unfortunately, we're here. So generally mm. speaking, there are said to be five characteristics to dystopian fiction. The central themes of dystopian novels generally fall under these topics. Government control environmental destruction, technological Bing. control, survival, Bing. and loss of individualism. And of course, these Bing. concepts could be and ors kind of thing. So starting with the first one is the, is the real obvious one, government control. So government plays a big role in dystopian literature. Generally, there is either no government or an oppressive ruling body. In George Orwell's 1984, the world is under complete government control. The fictional dictator Big Brother enforces omnipresent surveillance over the people living in the three intercontinental superstates remaining after a world war. Now, I don't need to go through the rest of these, but what concepts do we see already going on in 2020 that makes us think there's governmental control? And I'll throw my first one out. If you don't think there's, uh, to use Alex Jones's term, a new world order, Pretty odd how just about every country on Earth did the same damn thing around the same damn time, isn't it? Right, right. Not yeah, coincidental in, in, at all, especially <laughs> when you go back and look at uh, a Rockefeller Foundation document from 2010, uh, which talks about this whole lockstep, lockstep. premise. Yeah. And when you go through it, I'm actually going to do a video on it on my YouTube channel probably uh, sometime within the next couple of days uh, and just go through the document and name exactly the scenario that it spells out in no uncertain terms. It's the exact scenario going on right now, even right down to the point where they say in the document that uh, at some point when uh, the uh, quote-unquote pandemic uh, eases up and there's not really an issue with it anymore, they're going to double down and uh, go back in and reinstitute these draconian measures again. And then long after it's gone, these draconian measures will stay in place. So it's all planned out. It's all spelled out in no uncertain terms in that Rockefeller Foundation document. Uh, so it's it's kind of uh, you know disturbing to look at all the planning that's gone into this whole thing from that to the uh, Event 201 scenario uh, setup that they did back in October in New York City at Johns Hopkins University. Uh, all these things. It just shows you the planning phases of this, and it's exactly verbatim how it's going down right now. This yep. is what they're doing. I mean, it's their it's their playbook, and it, it's it's really what they're going for. Yeah. So that's yep. the thing. I mean, you have to look at it. They they took hold of this situation, and they used it uh, to put these things in place. And it's not about people's health. Never was. Never will be. Okay. They couldn't give a crap about your health. They don't care if you live it or die. Honestly, they don't give a crap. What it's all about is it's about setting up this whole. Uh, panopticon total control grid so that's that's what it's about and it's about collecting your health data your dna your biometric data combining it all together into a, a blockchain utility along with uh you know your finances and tie it to a social credit score via the the chinese system and uh that's where we're going and that's where we're heading and you're going to be forced to take this mark or you're not going to be able to buy or sell just like the Bible says. And yeah. it's going to be probably, most likely, tied to the vaccine for this thing. And uh, I, I will warn everybody off of vaccines 
Um, yeah, and, and more than just the vaccine, what's what they're developing, uh, according to Bill Gates, is a DNA altering, uh, the, and that's the its methodology uh, is a DNA altering uh, system, right? And uh, uh, that that cannot be undone, right? So um, it's not just uh, the adjuvants uh, and the you know mercury and thalamine and all the stuff that uh, they put in there. That's the that's the danger that has been problematic so far. Uh, is that what they're working on now as a you know their uh, quote um, you know panacea for this uh, pandemic is a DNA altering system and uh, you, you better look into yeah. that before before you uh, take it. Right now there's several new types of vaccines that they were working on prior to this actually taking place. Uh, one of these is called a peptide vaccine, which is very similar to what they plan on rolling out with the uh, the whole COVID vaccine thing. So, uh, you know, and there's there's a couple different kinds that are experimental that they've never made before that work completely differently than uh, the vaccines that we're used to. So uh, there's a lot of danger there. This could potentially change DNA function within the, the human being. And uh, I, I mean, what exactly your body will do with this is is unknown i mean that, yeah. that's the thing they haven't really experimented with it even in animals that much yet but uh, there's several different types and uh, the the dna or rna vaccine is one of them another one's called a peptide vaccine and there's a third one called a click vaccine that they've been working on so uh i would look for these three different modalities for them to try and roll out some kind of a covid vaccine and uh, these things i i don't think could be trusted because these are things that could potentially alter your dna permanently or yeah. actually give you uh make it make this ch genetic change uh able to be passed on to your offspring or even cause infertility as we've discussed before they also have worked that into many of the vaccines at this point in my view too because the, why would you study first of all a fertility regulating vaccine first things first and th when you look at who put this vaccine out back in 19 i think it was either 91 or 93 when this first appeared and they had they were running this study it was the world bank what the hell does the world bank <laughs> have anything to do with health think about right. it these are the people that are pulling the strings people need to get like seriously educated about this stuff and get really mad about it at this point and say you know what enough we're not going to do this we're not going to allow this we need to stop this from happening because that's exactly the route they're going. They're trying to force these vaccines and they're going to mandate them. Mark my words, that's exactly what this whole thing's about with the masks. They're mandating yep. masks everywhere. If you accept the mask, well, yep. that's that's showing the government that you give them autonomy over your body. So yep. if you give them autonomy with a mask, where does it stop? It doesn't, yeah. and that's it, the problem. It, so you exactly, and this, is, this has been more of a litmus test than anything else, really. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. It, it won't be perfect, you know, the, the, the crossover between mask and vaccine, because, you know, you'll have a lot of mothers that'll be nervous, uh, and, of course, the right, and, you know, won't be, because then it becomes, you know, you can can I swear on this channel? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you, you okay? <laughs> you you've heard the term like you know shit just got real. Mm -hmm. That's you know when all of a sudden it's like you know you can oh masks they're all fun and games that's fine but all of a sudden it's like oh, okay you're gonna make an appointment to get your you get your needle and you're like okay all right you know all the it just it kind of washes over you so it's not gonna be perfect but you're absolutely right I think if you make people hungry enough they'll do it anyway. 
the, like we were talking about earlier, because of convenience, more more than anything, it's like, right. oh, I just don't want to be hassled. I want to get on an airplane again. I want to do this again. I want to go. Right. I want to go to a freaking Raiders game in Vegas. Yeah. Now. Well, here's here's the big thing. Here's the big takeaway from this too, Mark. This yeah. stuff is not intended for our generation. Okay. This is the generation coming up. This is our children and grandchildren we're talking about that these oh, things sure. will be rolled out for, you know, because right now they know uh, the people who actually lived before the advent of the Internet right. uh, and and the way things are right now. We know a different world. We know a yeah. better way. It's yeah. these generations coming up that this stuff is intended for. They won't know any different. It, it breaks my heart to know. That uh, my ten-month-old son now, yeah, will probably never know a world where you could go out in public without a mask on. That disturbs me to no end. Uh, well, they certainly, they certainly um, the don't know any. They, they certainly don't know a world without um, constant surveillance, right? Right. Uh, that's the thing. I mean, uh, you know, it's it just it boggles my mind that people would let it come to this. That people are actually good with this. How can uh, you be good with? And that's what just really frustrates me to no end, because it, people I, need to stand up and say, no, this is a violation of our constitutional rights, and it will not stand. It's a violation of natural law. It will not stand, and uh, I'm not going to put up with it. And, I, you know, I, I'm, I it, I'm right with people. Anybody that wants to stand against this stuff, I'm with you all day long. For, for a lot of people, I think it snuck up on them. It was, you know, the whole bait and switch. You, you guys have seen it where initially everyone kind of treated it like a snow day or a snow week. And, and people's like, oh, it'll be 50, it'll be two weeks. It'll hmm. be a month. It'll be two months. And then you heard the whispers. It's like, well, it might last through summer or it might, you know, and they kept pushing, you know, kicking that can down the road and putting the, the carrot further and further out. And the, and the businesses were, of course, what was heartbreaking to watch because, you know, you had people that were holding out until the, you know, things were going to open up. There was a restaurant right down the road from here. Where they said, "Oh yeah, we just—they just opened last Thursday, and then Friday, boom, the governor steps in and says, "Nope, mass required." You know, we're we're thinking of you know rolling this back, and you know we're one step away from closing the restaurants again, to where people are are you know you're you keep if you keep hemorrhaging money and hemorrhaging jobs and hemorrhaging hope, and then the only hope you have to give them is okay, we can solve everything." With an invisible ink tattoo slash tiny little chip you're never going to be able to see anyway slash vaccine that's there, it's going to make everything better. Yeah, people jump on it. Especially, um, I, I just, especially the youth. I'd like to, yeah. to point this out that uh, I haven't seen too many people talking about yet, but I've seen it in numerous places. And that is um, – and, and it's certainly – again, they make they try to make it seem organic, but, but it's not. Uh, in numerous places in the last uh, probably two weeks, uh, the signs have popped up saying, oh, due to a shortage of coins, we, we don't have any coins, so please use uh, you know a card uh, if, yeah. you, if at all possible. And, uh, the, and everyone acts as though they're putting up their own sign, but the wording is identical. Uh, and if they're if you haven't seen any other sign, again, that uh, they have been uh, touting that we may have to move to a digital dollar. They're going, uh, they're planning on going to a digital currency, and this is certainly uh, a, a marker for that. Uh, they're trying to act as though, oh, there's just a problem with distribution. Uh, but from what I understand, the mints are not minting any more coinage at this point, uh, and so they're shutting it off. And so, 
mm-hmm. again, I, I would look for for a, a switch over there that they may not accept cash. They're uh, they, they kind of reeled out the idea that that uh, you know uh, physical cash could could carry the the bug, uh, but now you know they're not uh, minting coins anymore. So that's a strong indication uh, that they're right. they're about to switch the flip and go to electronic currency only. Yep, and we've yeah. heard threats about yeah. this for many many years, and it's. Man, it's like they're just going for it. I, what I really think they're doing is how far can we take this before they push back? And then maybe they'll step back a little bit. But they've gotten it that far, haven't they? It doesn't matter. They've, no matter what, they've gotten it a huge chunk of the way towards what their great totalitarian goal is. Right. Only, only the tiniest little bit that they step back. And then right away uh, they came out with, again, these mandates, both at the gubernatorial, gubernatorial and the mayoral level. Again, this thing in uh, in Seattle where they took down CHOP, that was a mayoral, just a, an executive order. And getting everybody, uh, again, uh, comfortable with the idea that they can, with simply uh, uh, an executive order, do whatever they want. And these things have no basis. That there's no uh, fundamental basis in, uh, you know, it, it completely circumvents uh, the entire uh, due process and rule of law. And people are accepting it, right? They're bowing down to it. So this, to me, is, again, another litmus test. As long as people accept it, uh, they're going to continue to do it, and they're making themselves into, into kings and despots. Uh, and everybody's okay with it. And it's yeah. that's what's driving me crazy is the way in which they're doing it, not just that they're doing it. Uh, but, again, they, they acted as though they were going to back up a little bit and then immediately slammed it even harder. Uh, at this point, again, I don't want to be the, the turd in the punch bowl, but it does not look as though they're going to back up at all. They've been telling us too often this is the new normal. Uh, I, I think it's going to get uh, even worse. So what do you think? Do we have no, point I, one? Do we have government control in place? Yeah, <laughs> in yeah you, you could say that. Sure. I think that's a foregone conclusion. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not buying it. <laughs> I think I interrupted you, Mark. Go ahead if you had another point to make. No, 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 you, no. I, you're absolutely. Government control? Pff, come on. Yeah, I, th- I think we're there. Whether place, or not right they have the right to do it or not, it doesn't matter. People are just freaking going for it. You know, they're yeah. just, okay, whatever you say, we'll do it. I don't want to be sick. I don't know anyone who's sick. I don't think anyone around me has gotten sick. But, right. you know. Oh, uh, Rachel Truth, New York Truth, thank you. She says, um, let me move my thing up here. Got the guidelines for the reopening of schools in New York State today. Makes Orwell look like a coloring book. Oh, good God. Impossible measures will never work. I think schools yeah. will shut down permanently soon. Thanks, Rachel. That's that's awesome. Yeah, this I've Damn. read a number of articles on schools, and they have no idea what to do. They, they've got some ideas, like like she was just saying, but they're in no way. I mean, they they can't implement them. They're not realistic. No, they're not real. No, they're not. Yeah. Like, you can't do it. I saw I saw a couple of lists, and I asked my daughter, who is a teacher, uh, if uh, if that was accurate. She goes, "Oh, it's even worse." She's <laughs> like, "We have no idea what's going to happen. We can't even imagine. There's no way to do it." Right. And and right. so I think that they may try to open and, and let them say there's no way to do it. Uh, and it's been proven already that even for a few months, distance learning didn't work. Uh, you know, I mean, it's already hard enough to get kids to want to learn. And when you oh my God. Uh, yeah, when you allow them, oh, you're just going to sit here and, um, you know, sit behind a, a, a computer and do it at home. That's I mean, if you want to talk about the dumbing down uh, of <laughs> of the next generation, man, I mean, again, in spades. So. Now, yeah. the, the silver lining that could go with that one, though, and this is the one thing that I've said quite a few times as well, that could be the thing, for those of you who actually give a shit about your kids' education, to actually homeschool properly. Because the tools are out there. I do it. 
They are, but if you uh, many people it. again, yeah, many people will not uh, have the time or attention, and and the curriculum is going to be identical. They're going to throw that curriculum on you, or worse, all right. And the and the parents, um, they'll just sit them down in front of a computer, just like they sit them down in front of a TV and say, "Do it." That's if they follow uh, then, the uh, the state program, you know, the, yes. the Common Core bullshit program. But that's not what I use. I use something that's perfectly legal. It's called a Cellus Academy, and uh, my daughter's learning. She's she's been learning for quite some time, and it's not the state horseshit that I can't And that's stand. awesome, but but you're not wearing a mask either, and look how many people are. <laughs> well, right, right exactly. so again, And of course, I'm preaching to the choir here, that the 500 people that are here listening to this, 500 plus, and the thousands that will listen in the next couple of days, if you're listening to this, you probably give a crap about reality. You you know that, that this is not cool, so... The, the, school, the schools are really, really tricky, and the media doesn't want to talk about this either, by the way. You, you notice that there's certain things the media is avoiding because they have no they don't even even their specialists don't don't have a freaking clue. I mean, you can put stickers on the hallways of schools all all day long, but you try to get, I don't know, anyone younger than fourth grade to follow that. <laughs> it's, it's like, like hurting cats. You know, you're not like, going to do it. It's like how how are you going to corral third graders? It's, it's you might as well put cats in there instead of kids because <laughs> right. you're, you're never going to get them to line up. Well, herding and, cats has is, is always been a, a fun thing. Here's a, here's another little wrinkle to, to throw in it. Uh, has anybody paid attention to uh, all of a sudden uh, the uh, disingenuous distraction events <clears throat> have all of a sudden stopped? Uh, you know, you'd think that people would get uh, wound up and uh, irritated and with riots and everything. There would be more of those things, but but apparently they can only do one thing at a time. Uh, so <laughs> they can't throw any at us, right? So uh, right. again, if, if you needed any more indication that this is uh, running in a script uh, just again if you take the preponderance of evidence and you put it all together and you just use a little bit of reasoning that this yeah, is you're at- not this is not a genuine uh, organic thing that's happening you are being yeah. handled the the whole BLM yes. protest thing was so convenient because no one was talking about the virus when that was happening and then within three days after it started dying down it's like oh spikes spikes everywhere it's like what Seriously, you know, during that whole time, no one could run any other stories but BLM, and now it's all, it's all second wave, or in some cases, the first wave never died, depending on who you who you're watching. These people are like a stuck yeah. record. Oh, Once I'm they get saying, on one thing, just... that's it. Until they get the the orders down from PR, Newswire, and Businesswire, and all them, then they get on that, right. and then oh, we're done with that. Boop, right back to the to the other thing again. I mean, they. But again, that, isn't that just a clear indication, though, that that it is is really, uh, it, it's really a script because oh, yeah, people don't people course. don't have they, they don't have the attention span for that. Uh, so they get them one thing, and as soon as they they just move on to the next one. And then well, nobody does like real freaking journalist journalism anymore. Real journalists are. Probably like ninety nine percent gone at this point. It's been dead for forty years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they're just following the, the the freaking videograms that they get. It's like read that on the teleprompter. Shut the hell up. <laughs> the one good thing about having a, a mouth breathing general public is that whatever narrative you have to push out there has to be really really simple. Uh, <laughs> good point. Uh, Very good point. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean it's it's dumb news for dumb people. I mean, you know. Everybody here in chat and everyone in this in this feed, you know, we're all you know enlightened individuals. But the average, you know, John Q. Public has the attention span of a goldfish, and so whatever story you've got to push, it's got to be super simple, one or two syllables <laughs> or one or two words, and you got to you know repetition, 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 and and dro- drive it into their head. But you're absolutely right; you can only do one at a time. You do you tr- you might be able to do two. 
you know, if they're kind of connected, but you right. can never do three because then you just lose them. They, they, they just well, no, they, won't want to, they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. That's the truth. Yeah, you gotta it hit. sounds something like this. Orange man, bad. That's usually <laughs> exactly. Right. No, exactly. I was just going to exactly. say, exactly. For in many Clint. cases, when people want to, to hear, you know, explanation or, you know, why, why do you think it's not real? Whatever. It's like, I, I have neither the, t- the time nor the crayons to explain this to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, wait. Or, orange man racist. That That's what right. it is right now. <laughs> there, that's a Again? Man racist. <laughs> But what's worse with that is that, um, again, my take on it is that they, they have simply uh, set him up as a proxy, uh, a proxy pinata, to attach anything that's anywhere right of far left uh, to him, right? So anything, uh, any of the uh, negative things that they attribute to him, uh, then any of his, quote, supporters, or really anybody that doesn't support the hard left agenda, is then suddenly guilty of as well by proxy. Uh, right. And so, again, this is just another way of, of pushing their agenda uh, by saying, uh, here's this horrible, you know, good doofus person, and don't, see how much you hate him? We don't we don't want anything like that again. And and all those idiots that, that supported or voted for him or, or don't want our agenda, they're all just as bad as him or worse. Uh, right. it, it's just a it, it's just a way uh, it's a, a false uh, equivalence and um, yeah. it's a it's a pretty simple tool but again most people don't realize how easily they're being handled. Yeah, which which kind of segues I didn't know if you want to do this cuz I was staring at your your PDF here the technological control. Yeah, yeah, let's get on uh, to the second step here. It is absolutely we it is more than anything we are in the middle of technological control i mean yeah. we have convinced people six billion smartphones out there currently <laughs> and we've convinced people to hold computers in their hands basically all day to the point to where they have a hard time driving because they can't they cannot right. look anywhere else but the computer that's in front of them I mean, who would have thought? I mean, even even Orwell would have had a hard time with that one. No, that's yeah, true. Th- not only would they be willing to, but they would pay an enormous amount of money oh, uh, yeah. to carry around a tracking device Yeah, <laughs> that monitors yeah. everything that they do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they, they sold they it to us as well, 50 toys. Don't... I mean, think about it. When, when the whole smartphone thing started in the mid-2000s, uh, before yeah. that, I mean, people played on their phones and all that, but once the smartphone thing came in with the pretty screens and the apps and all that, ooh. Yep. They they got everybody well, hooked because, like that. That's because they made them purposely addictive. That's right. what yeah, they, they did. did because the, yeah, the we've heard insiders the light admit from that. The yeah, yeah, and the, the and light from the screen over. actually fires off uh, receptors in your brain that uh, give you that uh, dopamine yeah. Uh, hit. Yeah, it's like, it's like a drug. Yep. It works like a drug. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And moreover, I mean, they they have known this for a long time that the uh, the human brain, while it's uh, remarkable, is also very efficient. And so it will, in favor of storing the information, it will store where the information is held, so I don't have to remember it. Uh, and even for even for me, I mean, I'm not immune from this. In in uh, 1995, 96, uh, I worked for a company, and we had you know retailers and distributors all over the world, and I knew more than 350 phone numbers right off the top of my head. I could call any of them. Uh, and now I know maybe five uh, phone numbers, uh, you know, right. my own, my wife's, my parents, uh, but most others I don't because I just auto dial it. Uh, and so I don't have to dial those numbers and don't create those neural pathways. Uh, the same goes with the information. Your brain doesn't remember the information if you know where to get it. And so people, you know, it's been said Google makes you dumb. Well, this is true. And then you've got the barn wall of Wikipedia. Uh, so people believe that they can trust this source, which by, as I'll, I'll quote Crow, and by the way, <laughs> right, mo- most of those uh, wiki changes. Changes come from 
<clears throat> a certain place in Virginia, <clears throat> in which uh, lie the alphabet agencies, Langley, uh, uh, most of those changes are done from IP addresses in Langley. Uh, so uh, they're in control of that, and it changes constantly in real time. Uh, so, And then you throw on top of that the idea of the Mandela effect, where you're not sure if you can really trust your memory. Uh, so now, okay, I guess i got to go look it up. Well, maybe I did remember it wrong. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm misremembering it, uh, where people can't trust. You know, they, they told us for 500 years we can't trust our own senses when we look around us and, and see uh, the shape and, and nature of the world around us. You can't, can't trust your own, uh, you know. Uh, you can't trust your own senses. So uh, listen to the smart people, listen to us, listen to authoritative voices, anything else is fake. And, and that's the situation they've got it in, and, and people are buying it. Yeah. And, of course, the uh, the entrepreneurs who thought that, again, it, that was a natural process. That was a bonus for them. That was you turn the smartphone into the ultimate Swiss Army knife to where it's like, oh, my God, we can put this on the phone. We can put this on the phone. And, you know, as the memory got more and more, I mean, I mean, how you, you've probably seen pictures. It's like the smartphone replaced this many devices. Right. Yeah. And it's just this just this wall of devices in, in one small thing now. And between that, you know, it's, so now there's no you, why. Why would you? I've, I, you know, I never carry my smartphone around with me because I'm older. It's like I hate the damn thing. <laughs> I, but I walk into places and, and and I'll say, you know, it's like, oh, put it on your phone. I'm, going, I'm not I don't have my phone on me. They look at me like I'm a freaking Martian. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean you don't have your phone on you? Like, what? <laughs> That's how Crow is too. It's like walking out of the house without your arm or something. You know? Exactly. Have you heard Crow talk about thing. the new car he got? And and he doesn't even have a smartphone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think he has like the most primitive smartphone ever, but it's not even really a smartphone. And the guy was saying about the apps in the in the, this new vehicle he got. He got a new. Um, forget what it was, SUV of some sort. And they're like, oh, you can do this. He's like, well, how are you going to start the car if you're not going to use your phone? He's like, with a key. (laughs) Most people get so addicted to their device, I call it the ipendage. (laughs) It's attached to them. You know, I I first realized we were in trouble with these uh, new smartphones and stuff when uh, you noticed that uh, the least common thing that they're used for is to actually make a phone call. Oh, so, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, so think about that. That's, if you're under that's just 30, disturbing aspect of it too. You're you're absolutely right. I was working with some interns some years ago when the when the phone was fairly new, and they were under 25, I think. And we, my boss and I, were curious. We were like, so when was the last time you actually made a phone call on your phone? And they they looked at us like we had bugs on our faces. And it's like, <laughs> what, what do you mean, like call someone? Yeah, <laughs> like, they all we gotta to do is text it. them, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I go, you know, voice. It's like, why? It's like, oh, you're killing me. I mean, but if you want, again, it was something I was I was concerned about for years, which was, again, six billion smartphones. If you wanted to push out a narrative, a single narrative to people, now, you know, now if you're wondering, people out there are wondering why, you know, this dystopian thing is happening. Well, because the infrastructure is in place. Everything is, you know, you had to, it had to get to a certain level where you had to have six billion smartphones and you had to have social networking and you had to have high speed Internet and Wi-Fi everywhere to where if you wanted to, you could push a narrative to all countries of the world in what, 30 minutes? Less than that, probably. And that's staggering from an information standpoint. You know, this is one of those things. Probably less than that. Like well, you know what I mean? By the time all the feeds get out to everywhere and, you know, I'm yeah. thinking of China in some places. But yeah, very very almost instantly. As fast as you can click, as fast as you can send the stuff. 
Well, I found it, you know, interesting and, and kind of, you know, funny, uh, what I call the, the KKK, the Karen cancel culture, if you will, uh, that moves at the speed of Twitter outrage. Uh, and, you know, a couple of years back, there was a gal who worked for a UK uh, PR firm, and she made a joke about not getting AIDS in Africa because she's white as she was traveling to South Africa. She boarded right. the plane, and by the time the plane landed, uh, it had caused such an uproar that she lost her job <laughs> before she turned her phone on again. Wow. Uh, so it, it moves at, and then, I mean, that was, God, four or five years ago. Uh, so yeah. things move at the speed of Twitter outrage uh, these days, and people, you get virtue signal uh, by, you know, Casting a program on people and uh, you know uh, ostracizing them where you, you don't belong uh, if if you don't you know do the things where where the mask dummy right yeah. all these sort of sorts of things so um, and nobody wants to be the the odd guy out no well, here's and, the thing. And what you were saying about I'm sorry go ahead well just to tie it back to the to the point too again we're all within yeah. a few years uh, of age and. I never in my wildest dreams in the 1980s watching Star Trek The Next Generation thought I'd be holding one of those things, those pads, and they called them pads, no less. You know, right. the Captain Picard is getting handed to sign off on. Never did I think right. in a million years that I owned several of them as an adult. You know, they, they, this stuff is, again, I love the so, tearing apart this social engineering stuff. It's put before us sometimes years and years and years in advance. Right. Well, and to get back to the social engineering of the of the current times, keep in mind that as we go back to movies, uh, it didn't seem, uh, you know, the movie didn't seem to be about a dystopian future, but it did create one. That's the movie Contagion, uh, which, again, oh, uh, is about, about that. And it's the first time they used the term social distancing. Uh, and, again, they very clearly uh, made it where you had to have the vaccine and that little armband or you couldn't uh, carry on in society. Uh, oh, so, yeah. again, they're very clearly telling you they created uh, a dystopian dystopian future uh, that was only a little bit different uh, by the addition uh, of a pandemic. Yeah, con Contagion, by the way, is the gold standard of, of virus movies. Uh, it, it was a brilliant movie, and I remember seeing it in the theater. But what struck me again, when we, you know, this pandemic or whatever you want to call it, that we're in right now, you know, I keep pointing back to people as like, look, the, the whole point of the pandemic is once it got on an airplane, an international flight, that was it. The whole world got, you know, exposed within two weeks. I mean, it was that fast. It was lightning fast. And there were literally bodies in the streets type stuff. And this was the exact opposite, you know, to where we are six months later. It's like, oh, we're seeing a spike here. <laughs> we're seeing a spike here. You know, and it's like, no, that's not how viruses work. Every right. model going back to, I don't know, uh, you guys remember the Andromeda strain, the original one yep. from the yeah. 70s? Yeah, yep. Yep. I do. I mean, every model that we, I mean, hell, Stephen King's, um, the, the first chapter of The Stand yes. literally was, you know, a guy breaks out of a military base, you know, after being infected, and the second he got on that bus, that was it. You know, the bus went, you know, a couple of people got in an airport, uh, 12 monkeys. Yeah, I was going to say, know, even 12 monkeys, yep. Twelve monkeys. Once you get, and that was. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I know you got other questions. I, I got to get this point out really quick, which <laughs> is there was something that didn't happen. It's like no, don't look for just the things that did happen. Look for the things that didn't happen. Nobody closed the airports at any point. Nope. You know, it's like oh yeah, flights were restricted, or you know the you know because they weren't there was nobody flying, but the airports didn't close. It's like that's the first thing you would do if it was an actual pandemic. You wouldn't let anyone go. I mean, you would shut down borders immediately. No one would be flying anywhere, not just from countries, but from states. Right. It never happened. Now you're right. They're still open. 
You want to hear something insane? This is why I never believed any of this crap from the beginning. Rose and I were supposed to go visit one of her best friends on Kauai, the island of Kauai in the Hawaiian Islands, yeah. when this nonsense hit. They didn't tell us we couldn't go. Now, it, word got out that we were supposed to be there because she had put something on her social media, and the entire island, which has a very small population as one would imagine, freaked out and started sending death threats like crazy shit. Uh, they they absolutely freaked out. So I saw it from both sides. One side going, this can't possibly be real. They would never let us on a plane to go all the way over there. And then the other side of the social engineering that these people are freaking out because they think that Typhoid Mary is coming to wipe them all out of existence. So, I mean, man, the controllers know what they're doing. Yeah. Because people don't. The general public, again, I don't want to pick too badly, but, yeah, they're <laughs> mouth-breathing troglodytes. <laughs> which they don't they don't remember anything from any of their education. I'm not going to say I'm I'm freaking brainiac, but you know, physics, engineering, chemistry, biology, microbiology, not not even the basics of anything. And so, you know, when they're told, "Oh yeah, by the way, the virus is spreading really really slowly. It could take months before it traverses <laughs> a few hundred miles." It's like, "Okay. <laughs> Sounds perfectly reasonable." And yeah, somebody over there is dying. And then let's, the, let's implement some uh, standards and some ideas that will actually slow down the spreading process more. That oh, makes yeah. perfect sense, doesn't oh, it? Oh, oh. <laughs> but, by, by the way, remember you remember when we heard a few months ago that, oh, when it's summer comes out, that hot weather, that'll kill the virus. Remember right. that? Remember? <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. I do. Here's the problem with that. Yeah, the craziest thing I read. Oh, go ahead. Viruses aren't even a living thing. So yeah, right. how do you kill something right. that's not a living thing? Right. Yeah. And, and can't pass any of Gox's podcasts. Are you trying to science uh, at us again? <laughs> oh, and by the way, anyone who's in here and doesn't know what we're talking about, the masks do nothing. <laughs> you know, the Simpsons, the goggles, they do nothing. <laughs> the masks do nothing. If you can smell and say, no, that's not true. It's like, really? If you wear a mask and stand next to a smoker. Do you smell anything? Yeah. Why? Because the masks don't do anything. There's a reason why um, they banned cigarettes from airplanes. And that's because the HEPA filters in the airplanes didn't do jack. Right. <laughs> it didn't matter if you were smoking or non-smoking. You still got the smoke. All right. Go ahead. Right. As, as I described to somebody who, you know, who asked me about why I wasn't wearing a mask, I'm like, well, do you know the size of the presumed pathogen? Right. Uh, on average, it's uh, three hundredths, uh, three hundredths of a micron. Uh, and, do you know, uh, on a, that little cotton thing that you're wearing there, uh, the, the average weft of that is about 60 to 140 microns. Uh, you'd have a better chance at stopping mosquitoes with a barbed wire fence. Right. Uh, you know, uh, again, or I use the expression, uh, a screen door in a submarine is more effective. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, yeah. it is, um, you know, it's a placebo. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, you know. It's absolutely. <laughs> if, so, if yeah. anything, That's actually all... admitted in, in some of the literature, too. Uh, in fact, uh, they, they put a study out from the uh, New England Journal of Medicine that admits that the mask is, uh, you know, a psychological thing. A lot of times, more so than anything else, it's it's just there as a uh, I, what was the word? I think they used talisman, a, a <laughs> right. sort of talisman. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's the exact word charm. they used. I would have to, yeah, I would have to look it up to to see what the exact wording was. But uh, this is directly out of the New England Journal of Medicine. How it talks about uh, it's it's symbolic. The mask is symbolic, right. and it, it yep. helps people to, it to feel better uh, about it. It, yeah. it does nothing. 
it, well, it and, really you know, does Vicky, uh, Vicky in the chat said, well, it makes you rebreathe your bacteria. Again, we, we were talking viruses, not bacteria. Uh, bacteria are a different thing. They're a living organism. And when they do get caught by the mask and then you uh, add, uh, you know, moisture and heat, well, you allow it to grow and you're creating a, a Petri dish right in your face that you're going to rebreathe. So it's not just uh, useless. It's, it's bad. And also, uh, you know, shuts down your oxygen. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, the guy with the uh, OSHA testing device. And according to OSHA, you have to have at least 20.5% uh, oxygen uh, in order to safely work in an environment. And the average is 215 to 22% oxygen. And uh, he tests it, and it was about 207 where he was at. And as soon as he put the mask on, he put the hose up there, it immediately started beeping at him like, you're going to die, right? And it went down to 17.4%. So uh, not even a safe OSHA working environment by wearing uh, just a, a cotton mask. So, uh, and if you wear but OSHA one, still like recommends wearing them, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And going to protest. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, informally, here uh, she says uh, bacteria is good and bad. There, there are different kinds of bacteria, but uh, the ones that uh, might harm you are there as well. And your body is trying to uh, get rid of them, right, by uh, exhaling them, uh, both uh, through your uh, mouth and then to your nose. That's why you have mucus and nose hairs. <laughs> It may seem gross, but that's why you have it. It's supposed to catch those things uh, and uh, get rid of them. Uh, so, yeah, wearing a mask is, is harmful uh, for most people. All right, let's try point number three, which is environmental disaster. Dystopian Ooh. novels are often set in places that are inhabitable, have been destroyed, or are preparing for destruction. Well, that sounds like Detroit, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> people don't... People don't like talking about Detroit. It's really weird. In fact, Detroit has now been used for different dystopian future movies. Isn't that where RoboCop you know, took back place? The day, you know, the what? That's where RoboCop took Isn't that where RoboCop yeah, took RoboCop place before? Back when, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but now most people don't know that. I think if, I, if the stats were accurate, Detroit's population is where it was in 1900. It's just wow, there's nothing that there. Much? They, yeah, it, it it lost more than sixty four percent of its population in the last forty years, uh, so that's a that's a pretty pretty deep. Uh, I mean, I, I've only flown there uh, a couple of times, and I, it was the most depressing place that I'd ever been, and that was in the late nineties and early two thousands. I was yeah. like, whoa! I, I, <laughs> but people I knew from there, you know, they they loved it. But uh, you, since you bring up RoboCop again, keep in mind there's been some more predictive programming there. Again, we have corporations, uh, and we have yep. defunding the police and replacing right. it with something else. And guess what's happening right now? Defunding the police. Nobody's nobody's asked the really the people to vote on it. Um, they just nobody's done any studies on it. Uh, again, they just uh, do it. And again, my take on it, and I've said this before, is that when they announced uh, a lot of these things, like both gun grabs and then lockdowns, many uh, local sheriffs and police captains went on record saying uh, that they would not enforce what they considered unlawful orders. Uh, and uh, again, if you're the if you're the guys at the top of the pyramid, you go, okay, well, as bad as the cops are, and they've been proven to be um, using you know undue force and all this sort of stuff over a long period of time, uh, which again, you probably find it strange that all of a sudden you're seeing a ton of it in social media. It's not as though it's just happening out of the blue. You're just seeing more of it. So again, why do you? think that is anything that shows up in the media uh it, it's the top of the news cycle is being pro programmed and thrown at you uh but again uh, now they're saying well you know defund the police well uh, again if you can't count on the police to do your job for you then uh you take them out and you bring in somebody else like the military or the un uh, which right. is exactly now what they're doing so it's it's not good whatever they're going to replace that with will will be worse 
Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't bring up RoboCop by accident. That one's kind of got a quite a few quite a few like, things shoved in there in one one little package. <laughs> um, generally speaking, I don't think environmental disaster qualifies quite yet, at least not in the United States. I mean, yeah, Detroit's a freaking train wreck. Well, but they, they, the rest... they did use dues in California, and they yeah. have been squealing for several years now uh, about the possibility of an asteroid impact. So if you put in <sighs> Project Blue Beam and some uh, large-scale conventional weapons, you could fake it pretty well. Oh, I'm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I've. I've been talking about this for months, which is, you know, I still think there's a bigger event coming, which is, yeah, you know, yeah. you set, get all the pieces in, and then you hit them with something big, something that all of a sudden, you know, can't get everybody off guard. Even, you know, I just completely blindsided them. So yeah, it could. It's possible. Sure, why not? It, real yeah, or not? Fun games, I take nothing. I take nothing off the place. table. Wait, what was it? Fun and games? What? It's all fun and games till the alien invasion takes place. There, <laughs> there you go. So. Talk about an environmental fucking disaster. <laughs> Jeez. It might be. How rock, dare rock. you? We'll need our little savior girl to face off against them. How dare you? You're well, polluting our what... environment. And that gets, you to two year, that gets you to your next point, which is survival, right? And how many presidents since uh, Ron Reagan uh, have used almost the exact words? Imagine how quickly we would drop our nationalistic issues and right. all come together if we were faced by some external threat from another world. Yep. Uh, almost exactly every single yep. president since Ron Reagan has said that in a public uh, space. The yeah. aliens are going to yeah, come which, get again, us. Which would we, be a, a thing of, be of hope for people. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just doing a bad Ronald Reagan impersonation. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> well, Nancy and I. Yeah. Well, Mommy, now, now we're all going to be Ron Reagan and have amnesia. Okay. Sounds, sounds terrific. Time for bed, Bonzo. All right. Um, okay, so before we all get to nobody did Nancy? C- come on, just say no. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in any no, every case, time yeah, I think every... of Nancy, I, I think of her on different strokes, and then I just get sad. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because Kimberly robbed a video store. I know. <laughs> it wasn't uh, Nancy a ghoul? <laughs> Jeevers. Yeah, uh, they, different strokes. That was a dystopian. They, they all had a dystopian future. Every one of those yeah, they did. people went <laughs> nuts. If you guys, well, if you guys want some entertainment for after the stream, just go look up and see what happened to all the cast of oh Different Strokes, a television yep. show from the 1970s and 80s. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but yeah, that's uh, certainly they're going to throw um, uh, the alien invasion at us. So survival uh, being the next point, you know, every every one of the uh, these dystopian movies certainly uses survival as a plot element. Whether it's Dark City, uh, right. which again, there there's a lot of stuff uh, that I'm sure Mark can talk about in terms of its relationship to the nature of the, of the uh, oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. Earth. but uh, you know, and most people would have remembered that had it not been for the Matrix coming out months later, <laughs> right? There is no spoon, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, survival you certainly to have a good uh, a good plot element for for a movie. Again, you got to follow the the hero's journey, and that includes uh, the need for survival. So that's going to be an archetype in each one of these uh, dystopian uh, futures. But uh, if they flip it on and make it, um, you know, uh, like Independence Day, the movie. Oh dear, we've got Independence Day coming up wouldn't that be a kick in the pants (laughs) what's this hero's journey thing disney doesn't seem to think that you need that for star wars movies not anymore because they just have an agenda to sell that they don't even care anymore 
You know, when I think of survival, I always go back to, you know, you, you guys have seen the, the, the articles over the years about the FEMA camps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, I, you know, you always hear the comments like, well, you know, again, from my cold, dead hands, you know, they're mm-hmm. not going to drag right. me to the FEMA camps, blah, blah, blah. And the more I thought about it, I was going, you know, they won't have to because no. the FEMA, if, if, if the FEMA camps are the only ones with food and water and shelter and blankets. Exactly. That's what's you'll always be, bothered me about other, that concept. Again, if they tur- if they turned off the, the if they turned off the power for a yeah. weekend, people would beat the hell out of each other to get in. Oh yeah, yeah they would. I go yeah you I go you'll be lucky to get in those camps. I go they will shoot people once they're full. And yep. wouldn't that be ironic, right? They got <laughs> football in there. Post- <laughs> well, I yeah, mean they, they, got, they got Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can yeah, play you can Candy Crush. Like, you can well, get ten minutes of Candy Crush in. Brazilian fart oh, porn. Fuck's sake. You, you'd have to give up your guns at the door, of course. But, I mean, how many and, people would? And I mean, get a vaccine. Yeah, and your vaccine. <laughs> but, again, you've got a family with you. There's a lot of people that would take that offer. Absolutely. And, and they, would a, take the va- they would take the vaccine or a chip or whatever it took uh, to get yeah. inside if they thought that was the difference between life and death. And this, again, why I've been uh, encouraging people you know, to, again, draw your line now. Uh, yeah. Before it ever comes, and defend it. So don't don't yeah. wait until you get there. Make put your, you know, draw your line in the sand now. And as it comes ever closer, uh, then you'll know what to do. Yeah, you'll you'll right. give because otherwise you'll give it up in increments. And I, even though I don't want to quote Al Gore because God knows he's not quotable. <laughs> uh, that, well, that's an inconvenient the, truth. Funny. In the movie. In the movie, again, that whole boiling frog analogy thing, it's, abs- it's absolutely true, which is frogs, for whatever reason, will stay in there until, you know, they, they don't realize where the, for whatever reason, their threshold routine screwed up to where they all of a sudden it's like they're alive, they're alive, and they're, they're dead. Uh, but they let, it, they let it happen to themselves. And so you're absolutely right. Draw your lines now because otherwise it'll sneak up on you. And you'll you'll be well. You respond in a panic, right? And fear is what drives most people's decision, right? And again, right. I, I'm convinced, and I've said I think the opposite of love isn't hate, but fear, because fear is what right. drives people to do most bad things and self-interested. And they're yeah. afraid, right, that they're not going to be able to take care of themselves or do whatever, or the people won't like them, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. But fear is the thing, and so uh, and that's all they sell now. We keep call, calling it fear porn. It's all they sell in the news uh, is bad news. Uh, and so uh, again, when you're in a in a place of fear, you can't make a good decision. And so, when faced with it, right, you don't have a chance to sleep on it. It's like now or never. Uh, right. But if you if you place these um, thresholds in advance, uh, yeah. as it approaches, then you're prepared, and and you can say, okay, here it comes. So uh, all right, time to do whatever it is I I plan to do, <laughs> right? Yeah, whatever that is, the- for, whatever that is for you. Uh, but you know, when you see that line come, then you're prepared in advance, and you don't have to make a snap decision, which is probably going to be a poor decision. Yeah, there's a there's a rant I am not looking forward to making, which I'm sure it'll be uh, four or five months from now, and it's it's meant mostly for the Christian community, you know, me being a part of it, which is your put up or shut up moment, which is like, okay, you've been saying for the last forever, Mark. Know, that's decades, exactly decades, what I'm talking like, about, brother. That's exactly yeah, what? what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like, okay, you know, again, I I put that in the in the chat. I go, look, Revelations 13 and 14, in case you forgot, right? You know. Well, in case you forgot, uh, well, I mean, Wayne just did uh, on his channel, Alchemical <laughs> Tech Revolution. If you haven't seen yeah. it, he just did a video on the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody talks about the Four Horsemen. And then, oh, of course. You know, 
Wayne pops up and goes, hey, look at it this way. Yeah. I mean, and Wayne and I started uh, another stream specifically kind of taking a look at, at Scripture for this. It, it came coming out of a conversation he and I had about uh, right. the events of the book of Revelation, right? So, uh, you know, for those of you who pay attention, uh, it's time to pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I, I can mean, say about that. But. It, it's it's not even going to really be disputable when it when it comes down to Again, yeah, I will wear a mask if I have to to, to get something done. But yeah, I've already drawn that line because like, um, yeah, that's been in the on the on the pages for two thousand years. <laughs> I'm not I'm not taking a chance with that yeah, one. Might might want to pay attention to that one because it would yeah. seem that the consequences are very severe. Uh, yeah, they, to, they to making the wrong bit, decision on that one. They seem to be dire. <laughs> if you yeah, pr- pretty that. pretty severe unintended consequences. Yeah, <laughs> just a, so. Just a, point that out and i know again people it's it's going to be tough for a lot of people and maybe that's part of the test you know it's like yeah you know i've never said it was going to be easy and uh you know but i i don't want to get into too much biblical stuff but i gotta throw this out there because the loophole and you know this uh is that you know how how many times have i heard this in 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 church for for decades which is well the rapture will happen before that yeah, but what if yeah, it does? I think if you're looking in for that, and uh, you're going to be disappointed, and then you may lose faith altogether. So. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I wouldn't bet folding money on that. Because... I wouldn't either. And many people are, right? And if it doesn't happen the way yeah. they expect it to happen, and, and if if they start, I mean, again, for what I read, again, not to get all revelation on you, I'm going to go biblical on your ass, um. uh, but but uh, not to you know get uh, too far in there, but it, it does say uh, specifically, right, uh, that uh, they, they will go to war with and overcome the, the saints, and uh, that uh, this is requires patience uh, from the saints. That he he whoever's going to go uh, be led into captivity is going to be led into captivity, and whoever's going to go to the sword is going to go to the sword. And this requires yep. patience on the part of the saints. That is not pleasant, and uh, it I see nothing in the, the word rapture is not mentioned anywhere in the Bible no. uh, in any translation. And uh, again, it's it's one version that showed up in the early late eighteen hundred very late 1800s, early 1900s, following the Great Disappointment of 1844, when they had been looking for it. Uh, many, many groups with William Miller had been looking for the second coming based on his interpretation of Daniel and Revelation, which was clearly mistaken, uh, <laughs> because people have always tried to do that. And at the very end of Daniel, it says, lock it up, seal it up until the end. So they seem to be linked, and I don't think you can really, I, I think it's just like you said, Mark, once you see it, it'll be incontrovertible evidence. You, oh, won't yeah. have to, you won't have to scratch your head and try to put it through a food processor to make it work. You'll go, oh, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, and, um, and then and then you find out who the hypocrites are and who aren't. And and well, like, absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely. but I'm going to be I'm going to be reminding people. I was like, look, I don't know why you know because people, as you know, people are going to rationalize it any any which way. You know, they're going to. In fact, there'll be pastors. I guarantee it. They're rationalizing say, everything no, 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 now. No, no, no doubt. Totally fine. <laughs> It's like what? Well, there are pastors, as you know, Mark. There are pastors who are going uh, ape shit crazy, uh, defending uh, a, a spinning monkey ball or rock yeah. flying through space at um, at uh, numbers yeah, because- which. <laughs> which are well very familiar if you're if you're lo- used to looking at the occult uh, <laughs> those numbers yep. show up all over the place so yeah they're they're going um, defending what what they need to to fit in right and uh, yeah again I, just to put the last maybe the cherry on top of this right uh, Jesus himself said uh, that you know they will come uh, if it were possible even the elect would be deceived because people are going to be deceived and uh, that is what we see all around us is that people are being easily 
uh, deceived, right? And it is full-spectrum yeah. programming, and they're certainly using every tool in the book, but uh, gaslighting and the power suggestion, uh, hip direct hypnosis, and, every, I mean, you know, controlling the narrative from top to bottom. They're certainly yeah. using every trick in the book, but yeah. people are deceived, and there's no question yeah. about it. Yeah, and, and again, just, just to remind people, the vaccine, I, I firmly believe this, the vaccine will not be forced on you. You still have to choose it. And it's it's that choice that's going to, you know, either so haunt make you or it not. Very haunt. inconvenient. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yeah. Well, they already um, are. I, I know we're, already we're, we're running out of time. Did you want to co- do you want to go over the loss of individualism? Yep, let's let's get to that one. I do want to make one last yeah. point about uh, the FEMA camps that you were saying, Mark. Uh, it, yeah. it ties back to the to the bread lines, like I mentioned in the Depression. How are they getting their food now? How are so many people who are of the of the lower classes, of the impoverished, they're getting it through an electronic means? Uh, if they want to control that herd, all they got to do is shut that damn thing off and watch what happens. Oh yeah. So th- there you oh, go. Yeah. I just want to get that point in before I forgot it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. let's get the last one. By, by the way, real, real quick, let, let me throw the, one more thing because uh, I have a friend in the um, in the Navy who was doing you know training stuff, and apparently in all armed forces now, they it, they took them a while in the beginning when the smartphones first came out, when you know because smartphones aren't allowed on boot camp, you know, so they they put them in lockers and you you can't you can't access them, and people were um, acting like um, heroin addicts. They, they were twitching, like they, yeah. they couldn't stand wow. at attention without fidgeting. They could, and people, people, literally, there were bases that thought there was a drug epidemic in the base, <laughs> and and they couldn't figure it out. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay. And then, like, so apparently, after a month, they calmed down. But they're they're much more lax now as far as people standing at attention because their fingers are always moving. Wow, <laughs> they can't stop. I'm not surprised. So, I didn't anyways. know that, but I'm not surprised to hear it. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, hell, you get. I mean, take take. Try to take a phone away from somebody and say, "Oh, l- sorry, one more, one more, real quick thing," <laughs> which was I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. There was um, a television show that wanted to do something. Uh, it was The Amazing Race, and they wanted to do an internet a YouTube version with nothing but YouTube people. And you know, a lot of these people were young, you know, a lot younger than me. And they said, you know, can you go? And the the, the caveat was, you can only you have to go an entire month without being on the internet at all. No cell phones, no nothing. I mean, it's complete cold turkey. Can you do it? I go, well, yeah, I could do it. I go, but good luck getting, you know, PewDiePie and Shane Dawson and those guys. <laughs> right. But good luck doing it. And that's exactly what happened. They went to him and they said, and, you know, that was like, what do you mean off? You mean like, <laughs> like, like nothing? <laughs> like nothing at all? They couldn't do it. They, they couldn't do it. And they said, the only way you could do it is you paid us a huge amount of money to do it and even then i'm sure they would try to like like sneaking Sneak away it. to a burner phone store and, and so trying to log in anyway so funny but no no i totally agree with you man it's 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 what they've done to us this is again this is the social engineering they got us programmed for these damn devices and we're practically cyborgs already now we don't need the transhumanists to be shoving stuff up our butts they've already got everything sewn into people's hands willingly it's true so the last point is loss of individualism and, oh, God, I mean, I think this one's pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. That would never happen. <laughs> no. I can't, I can't even imagine. Bah, bah, bah. All right, so d- just to give the quick bullet point here, how should the needs of society as a whole compare to individual needs? Many dystopian futures depict the dangers of conformity. Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury, which was written in 1953, follows a fireman whose job it is to burn books. Hmm. 
I would update that with digital book burning. Because of the censorship of books, this future society has in increased interest in technology and entertainment, which also causes an inability to think freely and creatively. Mark, what were we just talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, by the way, um, there, there's so many quotes I could use here. Um, my, one of my favorite is that conformity builds empires, plain and simple. And, and the people in power, they know this. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have conformity to build armies. And to build armies, then you can colonize and do all the fun things that you want to do. Uh, the problem with conformity is if you take it too far, it completely stunts all creativity right I mean to the point where nobody's making anything you know the the, the arts just suffer terribly so it's this weird trade-off and so if people are wondering it's like oh why would they do this why would they make this dystopian society and that is because they reduce the risk of result of a revolt and coups and all this other thing down to single digits I mean really you know fractions of single digits but in doing so, you create, you know, the nightmares that we've seen in different movies where you, you might as well, you know, people walking around, nobody wears anything but shades of gray. <laughs> and, you know, they, they, they look down and their eyes are freaking black circles and they're, they're horrible. But that's why. I mean, they, in, an, in an ultimate society, if you're at the highest level, you don't want any risk. You want total control over society. You want to know every little piece of information about these people. It's a slippery slope. But when you get that... It, I, I'm sure you know in previous civilizations that they, they regretted it, because you know it doesn't end well. It's it's in a very very unhappy place. Right. No, well, and what as, as Mark was saying, and to kind of piggyback on the idea of people being addicted to technology, uh, if you um, you want to do a little background research, uh, Marshall McLuhan, who was uh, the great Canadian uh, thinker, and uh, he wrote uh, the media is the message. He was a commentary on uh, media, especially electronic media. Uh, but uh, prior to the introduction of radio and mass, you know, adoption, uh, they had done uh, some studies. Well, actually, right after that, uh, they had done some studies and found that uh, people who uh, had been introduced to uh, media, electronic media, and that was actually radio at the time, uh, could not function cognitively, cognitively as well if they became literate uh, after being exposed to radio. So that those who became literate learned to read and write before they were exposed to any electronic media at all. And being radio at the time, uh, were able to function at a much higher cognitive level than those who had been exposed uh, to radio. So Marshall McLuhan then did another study based on the introduction of television and its adoption from the 1950s to the 1960s. And again, found that by, that was true by orders of magnitude, that those who had become literate before being exposed to television uh, had cognitive functions, orders of magnitude uh, higher, and IQ test 50 plus per percent higher, uh, that they were uh, much more able to uh, run through cognitive tests than those who had been exposed to television. And now, again, uh, consider that when uh, they're exposing to babies to screen time since the you know uh, birth, basically. Uh, yeah. And every test shows how badly uh, that damages cognitive function. So, again, everybody, uh, and again, not, I'm, I'm judging here, I'm just saying anybody under the age of 30, probably at least 25, uh, has been exposed to screen time hundreds of thousands of hours hours before they even go to school uh, and so their ability to have any sort of long-term attention span uh, or cognitively really think through things long term is um, severely stunted mm. but yep, yeah I take a look it. Marshall Marshall McLuhan uh, there's a you can find a number of his lectures uh, on the topic on YouTube and they're all pretty pretty fascinating 
Cool. Hey, can I can I can I throw in one question before we? I know we're running a little short on time. Oh, that's all right. We're not. Um, we're never exact with the can, time. Uh, can can I I, I want to ask just you know your you guys' opinion each of you if I can and that is uh, who who's president in November and what happens? That opinion. is a good one. Who wants to take it first? <laughs> not me. <laughs> okay, I'll go. No, I'll go, I'll, Here, I'll go I think I think that I think that Biden will take it, but in the process. We will, you know, it'll, and that they will use him to accelerate everything that's going on here to the nth degree. And the media will be on his side, of course, which is different. And Fox News will just fade into the, into the wall. And it, you know, will, this thing will ramp up. I think something will happen before then. I've, I've got this nagging feeling that something's going to happen. You're not going to go four months with, at, this, at this pace without something else happening, something yeah. big. Maybe yeah. heck, maybe even July Fourth at the uh, at the Mount Rushmore uh, rally. Who knows? Anyway, that's my my thought. You know, I'm not sure who's going to take the presidency. I've been kicking that one back and forth because I can see advantages for the for the elite on both sides. Honestly, yeah. Uh, but I agree with you about an event. That's something Crow and I have been talking about for a while. That once they hit the fall, uh, they're going to use that energy and they're going to do something. I don't know exactly what it is yet. We're still trying to work out if we can figure it out. But I think that there's definitely going to be another event, and they're and they're hinting at it like massively anyway. So I think that right. some big thing is coming. Uh, not to mention the fact that there's a big uh, what do you call it? a great conjunction coming in December. So where uh-huh. are they taking us into the next year now? I'm not a big one for astrology or anything like that, but I think everybody knows that the the elite do use the sky clock and do use all these different events for their their purposes and, the, and their setups for when they trigger events. And something's coming, yeah. Ooh, the Great Conjunction and uh, dystopian sci-fi films. How about uh, the Dark Crystal? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Gelfling. Wow. You had to bring up Dark Crystal. <laughs> I, I had to go there. Um, well, I'll give Wayne the last word, so I'll, I'll jump in here and say I'm going to put my money on the Simpsons. Uh, so whether it happens before the election or I'm going to I'm going to put uh, five bucks down and say it happens after that um, Trump takes it, uh, but he gets in a casket. Um, it it causes uh, such uh, TDS uh, that people go uh, and they don't trust it. That that's what they're hoping to push into massive riots, uh, and somebody uh, takes Trump out. I'm really pushing out here, but. I got to go with the Simpsons. They've predicted every major event they put Trump in, uh, and they put him in a casket. So I'm going to go with um, uh, somebody does that, and that causes uh, mass chaos, and then we probably have uh, martial law thereafter, and who knows what the fuck goes on after that. Uh, probably the power goes out, and the aliens come. That's and the asteroid. <laughs> you do have a point there, because if Trump wins, they will march on the White House. It, they it's will not go, even a question they, now. They will go fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. And that will cause the kind of tensions that they really have been trying to work on uh, with BLM and defunding the police. And so, uh, yeah, I think if they give it to them again, uh, it is, it's going to cause chaos. See, you just All said right. the, the, the right thing there, though. If they give it to him again, because as we say over and over and over again, you do not elect the freaking president. The Electoral no, College does. I, I, was, right. I was surprised they gave it to him to, to begin with. And then I realized shortly after what they had done. Again, they made him a, pro, a, a proxy punching bag for yeah. anything right of hard left. And so they now they could do anything they wanted. They could say, well, see what happens when we put your guy in there? That sucked. 
right? We hated that, so we're never going to do that again. And so they could get, you know, 12, 18 years of hard left um, leadership just out of that. Sure. Uh, but, but I think that now what it looks like is they're going for all the marbles. They're, they're not backing up. So, um, and this has been certainly an indication to me for it. So, again, I don't want to be the, the turd in the punch bowl or, or be the bearer of bad news, but this is just what I see is that they're not backing up from it. They, they crossed the Rubicon uh, with yeah. this with this number and they're not backing up so um it looks like it's going to be one thing after another and they're just going to you know switch to flip as it were yeah they they've they've crossed the point of no return they, they've so. got to move forward with this at, at this stage i think they've they've committed too far to uh to back they're right all now. saying fact, great reset right so they they plan yeah. on it yeah wayne you got the last word man all right well my thoughts on the whole thing are are this okay what has trump done better than anybody else at this point he's caused division and, and uh, he's he's really been uh, a target for the mainstream media when you look at it they've oh, been God, yeah. it, like more so than other presidents of the past like i've never seen it this bad before to, yeah. to this point so he's taking all this derision and uh he's he's playing the part well make no mistake about it he's an actor he's playing a part and he plays that part well he acts like a moron when he needs to, and he acts really smart when he needs to. And uh, all he has to do is have his AI algorithm put out a Trump on his or a tweet on his Twitter account of something ridiculous or retarded that he might or might not have said, and all of a sudden it causes a stir Could all over be? the all over the place. This yeah. guy is put there to divide, to divide yep. the people, and he's yep. doing a bang up job of it. So I think uh, come this fall with the election i think he's going to retake the election and it's going to cause mass chaos that's yeah. just my view on it because you took uh, my story man he's played the part <laughs> he's played the part really well yeah. i mean that's the thing he's doing a bang-up job for the elite when you 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 look at it from their perspective that's what they put him in office to do is yeah. to be this guy that causes this division and to uh, create all this strife and all this infighting among the public. And yeah. uh, he's definitely done a bang-up job of doing that. So I yeah. could see them, you know, leaving him in for another four years or, or who knows. <laughs> I mean, it all depends on what happens. Yeah, That's uh, why yeah. I can't make I, up my I, mind. I'm do they want to take it that far? Like, if they put him in again, do they really want to go there? That's why I haven't made up my mind yet because I, I think they're I think they're gonna um, I think Jason, they are too I think they I think they're gonna and um, and again I wouldn't be surprised though that they make it fairly short uh, and again he may announce uh, something may happen to, to Pence or he may announce a change uh, it's it's not the first time it's happened but the Pence might get sick might get the corona or something uh, <laughs> uh, something something go down there where he changes uh, the running mate and so whoever is the running mate is who they picked for uh, the next leader and uh, then they take uh, Trump out and again I wouldn't bet against the Simpsons at this point yeah <laughs> I'm just saying man <laughs> they, no, they've, why, hit, it too, they've hit it too many well, times well it's got a good so. track record Baldini yeah, so you, you, you may know. well be right in the money but anybody got any uh, final words they want to put in about, about our topic for tonight before we sign off I'll just reiterate what I what I said um, at the top of the show that we are. Uh, I didn't expect that we'd we'd be in um, all the worst parts of all the dystopian <laughs> movies. You know, they they had so many of them to choose from, and it looks like we've got all of them going at the same time. It's like the worst again. It's got Jumanji. It's, it's, 
it's got tank girl for fuck's sake so i don't even know what to do with that uh so yeah if you want to laugh at this stuff more you can join uh rose triple seven and i in the morning uh at uh, 6 a.m very early pacific time at 9 a.m eastern for the poppycock report on rose triple seven channel we'll, we'll talk I, more about it i will be the uh I'll, I'll end my thing with being the bigger turd in the punch bowl which <laughs> is uh, we're only halfway through 2020 but I guarantee you, by the time December rolls around, you'll be wishing for these days. Yeah, <laughs> because yep. you'll be looking on these days as those were the salad days. Man. It's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when all we had to do was wear masks? Oh, those were great. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's going to get just freaking weird. Uh, and uh, it, again, front row seats to whatever. Mark, I, I give you the turd of the night award. You just you just won the golden turd award. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Again, I mean, I mean, I'll I'll throw silver linings out where I can, but no, not not this time. No, it's it's. I mean, I, I I've never gotten to the stage where I get up in the morning and I look at all the news feeds as fast as I can, and say, okay, what fresh hell has, is in front of me <laughs> it's now? Been unleashed upon us. Yeah. The only thing I can say, and this is a big if, is that if they push it far enough, hopefully enough people will snap out of it and be like, what the hell's going on? That's yeah. the only hope we've got with a lot of that, you know? Oh, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping they push it that far because I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting sick and tired of living in a world where Howie Mandel looks like the voice of reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wayne with the zingers tonight. <laughs> Jason had a big if, but that's a big if you, man. That's... <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, man. That's not... oh, boy. Well, thank you. Hey man, thanks for coming. It's a, it's been a pleasure and uh, good to meet you. Yeah, yeah, nice nice to meet you guys. And uh, how how do you sign off from here? Oh, I'll, I'll play the music in a second. But uh, Mark, why don't you go first? Why don't you tell everyone who you are and where they can find you if they want to look into the oh, work that you right. do? Oh, <laughs> right. If um if if you did like me, my uh, my name is Mark Sargent. My channel is Mark Sargent on YouTube. You just type in Flat Earth Mark or Mark Sargent, you'll find me. Uh, I've got a couple books on Amazon about Flat Earth and a survival guide uh, called Empty Shelves, which is also on Amazon. And if you want it, I can give you a free survival guide. Just email me at msargent23 at comcast.net. And, yeah. Oh, and I've got a thing on Netflix, um, uh, Behind the Curve on Netflix, uh, if you want to watch it. And the uh, if you don't like me, my name is Jaron. I know that guy. You took it. You took my joke because I was going to say, and if you don't like me, I'm I'm Mark Sargent. (laughs) (laughs) We'll pass that baton. Right. Nice. (laughs) Mark, thanks for joining us. This was great. It was kind of kind of last minute, I know, and I appreciate you coming on. No, no, no worries at all. I hope you enjoyed it, and you'd be welcome back again if we have a topic you're interested in. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, it was great. Loved it. Uh, Baldini, what you got? Yeah, want to tell anybody anything? But goodbye. Well, just a couple of things this week. Um, well, of course, tomorrow morning with your lovely lady, Rose 777, with the Poppycock Report. That's uh, our early show Tuesday and Thursday as we take a, a, a comical look at the, the Poppycock going on around Do you know I'm dead asleep while I'll... you guys do that in the next room? I know. <laughs> I know. We sometimes make, make fun of you. You no. probably do. Because <laughs> I never listen to it. You can make fun of me and I'd never know. <laughs> I know it. Um, cause you never listen. I know my wife never listens to mine either, but she says, I hear most of it anyway. Cause you're talking all the time. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, 
I have a reputation. Uh, and then Saturday on my channel, Unintended Consequences, I'll be back with Red Fox. Uh, that's July 4th, uh, Saturday, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. That's noon on the East Coast. And UTC minus 7, for those of you abroad. Uh, and uh, he's got some good stuff, uh, does Red Fox. He just started a channel, but he um, was first introduced to you guys uh, a few weeks back on uh, my channel. And he's got uh, he's got some stuff to, to share with you, some new findings that he's been excited about and teasing me with. And it seems like good stuff. And then uh, Wayne will be back with me on Sunday. That's right, Wayne. You'll be with me on Sunday evening. Is that correct? Yes, Sunday evening, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. That, I guess, will be 5 p.m. Pacific time. And Five we'll on the do, West Coast. Yeah, yep. we'll do uh, Sola Scriptura once again. And maybe yeah, we'll volume, get through one or two chapters again this time. Right, so. <laughs> volume three. And then, uh, But I will do um, Ancient Wisdom for a Modern World Sunday mornings. Uh, so I'll just kept that slot, Wayne, uh, and just kind of doing a little Ancient Wisdom for Modern World Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. That's, again, on the West Coast and 10 a.m. on the East Coast. So on my channel, again, Unintended Consequences. And you can find me there as well as occasionally here, Secrets of Saturn, occasionally here and there and everywhere. Maybe uh, if you want... Uh, Iron Works uh, on Iron Realm Media. I think Red Fox will be there Friday. I might show up if I got a minute, but uh, it's hard to say. So, anyway, I'm all over the place. Wayne, what you got? Uh, I'm kind of a little all over the place, too. Uh, right now, I've been uh, working a little bit more on posting some videos on my YouTube channel, and that's called Alchemical Tech Revolution. Uh, I got the two books out right now, Alchemical Tech Revolution, Fulfilling Ancient Esoteric Agendas Through the Use of High Technology, and The Autism Epidemic, Transhumanism's Dirty Little Secret. Uh, working on the third book, I'm going to actually uh, start uh, really putting more time and effort into it now. Uh, try and get it out before uh, the summer's over uh, because uh, I'm working on a lot of big research and a lot of big topics and stuff within that. And the new book is going to be called Cybernetic Messiah, Building the Antichrist System. So I uh, look forward to putting that one out. It should be out sometime by the end of summer. I've kind of pushed back the release date. I was uh, initially planning on releasing it in the springtime, but... All this stuff went down and happened, and uh, how could I not include it? Because it's just so pertinent to the topic. So that's going in the new book, too. Uh, if anybody wants needs to find me anywhere, alchemicaltechrevolution at gmail.com if they want to get in touch with me. Or check out my uh, Facebook page, Files from the Conspiratorium. Still post a lot of stuff there. And uh, other than that, I'll be back with Baldy on uh, Sunday night uh, doing Sola Scriptura. And then back here again next week, uh, Wednesday night. Or uh, Secrets of Saturn Live. Absolutely. Uh, join us tomorrow on Crow Triple Seven Radio, where we're releasing episode 231 with a gentleman named Rafi. Uh, it's another uh, subject matter of the law, and we're going to be talking about courts and all that. I had to think about that for a second. We've been doing so many episodes lately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've been cranking them out lately. But yeah, uh, Rafi's had some very interesting successes, actually, uh, with stuff with the court and dealing with all that. So he's going to break that down for us. Thanks for joining us. I know this topic was a little on the dark side, but hopefully it gets everyone thinking about where we're at and where we're headed. And uh, that's it, folks. Thank you so much for joining us, and take care.